What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. Episode 272, NBA Playoffs First Round Predictions. And today we have a special guest, the one and only OG. How you doing, OG? I told you guys, man. Whenever I, I, I get a lot of inquiries, man. Whenever you guys call me, I always got time for you guys. Always. That's why you're the realest. That's why you're the realest. You know, I'm looking forward to these playoff predictions because, <clears throat> I don't know, for some reason I think that everybody's going to have kind of similar predictions, and that's why yesterday while I was doing my notes, I, I kind of spiced things up. I said, you know what? I'm just going to pick some teams just because I want to spice things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm that's looking forward to all of you guys' answers. And, Drew, I know – you are very uh, giddy to to name your all NBA awards or your NBA awards that you did not I guess get so. name. Yeah, because I was betrayed by my brothers that they decided to do this while I was in Disneyland having the time of my life. However, yes, I do want to start the show with my first team, second team, and then my MVP and all that. So my first team, I have Shea Gillis Alexander, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Second team, I have Stephen Curry. Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic simply could not be first team because he did not make the playoffs. But you cannot mm-hmm. ignore 32, 8, and 8. It's two, mm-hmm. it's two amazing statistics to not have him here. I have LeBron James. Of course, there's no All-NBA without him. Mm-hmm. I have Julius Randle making my second team. I thought he had an unbelievable season. The Knicks yeah. were fantastic. He was a huge catalyst to that. Nikola Jokic, he's going to be second team because there's only one center that's able to make first team. Third team. Damian Lillard was unbelievable. I get it. He did not make the playoffs either, but averaging almost 32 points per game on the efficiency that he did, he had to make an All-NBA team. Now, the second guard is where I had my most difficulty. I was torn between James Harden, De'Aaron Fox, D-Book, and honestly, Kyrie Irving. Now, I understand Kyrie Irving, there's a lot of narratives on his name, but I'm acknowledging that he was one of the most efficient guys, one of the more available guys as well. Of course, early on in the season, he had the – the the off-the-court issues, but after that, he really was just one of the most consistent guys to be on the court, and then, of course, efficiency-wise. His team also did not make the playoffs, so I do not have Kyrie Irving as my final guard. I ended up coming to the realization that it has to be Darren Fox. James Harden was my number two for the position. James Harden, 21, led the league in assists, was one of the most efficient he's ever been, especially from three. I believe it was the second-highest three-point percentage that he finished with in a season, but all it came down to was De'Aaron Fox was the most available. He was the most clutch player, averaging 25 on 51% from the field for a guard. That is amazing statistics. He's not a three-point shooter. He's a guy that finishes near the basket. He's a guy that that lives in that mid-range area, and he was one of the most efficient guards in the game. So I had to give that final spot to him. I have mm-hmm. Jalen Brown at the three, Kevin Durant at the four. Now, I understand there's a lot of talk that Kevin Durant can't be in your All-NBA because he only played 47 games. To me, that means nothing for the fact that he was historic efficiency-wise. 55, 40, and 90, that is unbelievable with the points per game that he averaged. He's a phenomenal basketball player. I don't care about the games played. It'll be the last year that a player this low makes the All-NBA, but regardless, what he did was historic. He's got to make it. And then last, I have DeMontis Sabonis for obvious reasons. He has to be that final center. No, Jalen Brown. I said Jalen Brown was my three. Oh, okay. Do you have Kyrie over Donovan Mitchell? No, no Donald Mitchell's his first team. This guy is a Does anyone team? pay attention? No, no one. So, yes. Uh, so I have 15 SGA. players. Excuse me for forgetting one of them. So Come on, first team. Yeah, all right. Just a real quick brush over. SGA, 
Donovan Mitchell, Tatum, Giannis, Joel Embiid. That's the first mm-hmm. team. Yep. Number two, Curry, Luka, LeBron, Julius Randle, Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Third team, Damian Lillard, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant, DeMontis Sabonis. Honorable mm-hmm. mentions, Jaron Jackson Jr., Laurie Markkinen, Devin Booker, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. No AD? I was... Anthony Davis, unfortunately, can't make it, although I think that he was unbelievable this season. You could argue that in the regular season he was better than LeBron James, more important to the Lakers than LeBron James. I just think that Sabonis, with the success that the Kings saw this season, he has to make it. And if AD was to be logged at the four, I would have had him over Kevin Durant, although I, I just went on this whole spiel of why he was historic. He needs to be there because AD was a little bit more available than him. And on top of it, he was dominant on both sides of the court. I would have gone AD, but AD logged a ton of minutes at center, and he's just not going to make it. They're going to give the award to Sabonis. So today we have the playing games. We have the Bulls versus the Heat and the Thunder versus the Timberwolves. Now, I know Anthony Edwards had a bad game. Um, bad? Arguably the worst of his bad career. Bad is an understatement. Bad? But if he it doesn't – all-time terrible. That, the Wolves beat the brakes off the Lakers. Could have showed him, man. And number two, Anthony Edwards tonight. Now he's gonna show out. He's gonna he he posted on his IG story that he's gonna have over thirty tonight. That's why I have him over twenty seven and a half on Boom Fantasy. That's my that's that's my pick for tonight. Anthony Mm -hmm. Edwards. Watch him. Watch him at least thirty. And I I have another bet. Alternate points thirty plus. SGA. Do you guys think he has over thirty three and a half? Um, easily tonight. Yeah, I think. I think that with the way that he started off slow last game against the Pelicans and in that third quarter, he just has another gear that he can get to. He just needs to be aggressive. He needs to attack the pain like he's done all season long. 33 and a half is a lot. Hmm. I still believe that that is a lot of points. I'm talking myself as, as I go. That's is going for 40. John, big screen. What's going on, guys? Big screen. First Sorry, time. I'm playing around with it. <laughs> SGA is going for 40. They don't I have mean, anything. They don't have anything to stop him. They don't have anything for him. He's going to outplay Ant-Man today. He's just going to attack Mike Conley again. Again, that's going to get ugly fast. But I just don't if think that Conley is going to be the defender on him. If he goes for 40, they beat they beat Minnesota going away. Easy. Easy. Yeah. They, if, I agree. He's but the fact that last game, last game we saw Giddy, we saw him and Dort all have 30 balls. So, I mean, it's not – I mean, I don't know if that's repeatable, to be honest with you. Probably not the Doris thing. No, definitely not Doris, especially with Jalen Will kind of having a, a rough game for his standards of what at least he's shown us. Yeah. Mm, I'm going to say over, but this one's tough. 33 and a half is a lot of points. Mm-hmm. And I'm now, the last boom fantasy thing I got for you guys is a matchup. Zach Levine versus Jimmy Butler, who has more points tonight. Matchups only available on boom fantasy. Mm. I mean, Levine, I Riff, I Riff, what are we doing here? Come on. You know what we're doing, Levine. Come on. What do you think, John? Because you were high on Jimmy Butler earlier. I'm Give it up, John. John. Oh, my John, goodness, John. John. You and your, your brain, just spit it out. Spit it out, dude. Come on. Yeah. I think with a really bad matchup for the Bulls, his speed off the dribble yeah, at 30. But John. I'm taking Jimmy Butler. He's gonna win this game for them. For sure. You feel good about that? Shouldn't have traded him. They should have given the next contract. How good do you feel about that, John? One to ten. Ten out of ten. He's capping. You can tell in his face he's lying. He just lied like hell. <laughs> yeah. Riff, yeah. you're the Bulls fan here. Yeah, you're the Heat fan apparently. Oh, 
Nope. Listen, big I'm bam fighting. Guy. Big bam guy. And you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm sorry, Joel. Before we go on, didn't hear a lick from John about Bam Adebayo prior to us starting the show. All he was doing was yapping about Jimmy Butler and how he's going to be a superstar. Well, what happened? If you want to provide some context, he's only big the Miami has and playing him 38 minutes per game an entire season is probably going to run him down by the playoffs. John, you're uh. telling me when, you're, when you know this guy's elite. Basketball yeah, he's player. elite, but he's not in the right role, and he has no backup. So, what do you want? Right, from I'm guy? just, I'm just wondering, John. I just have to, you know, accountability is big with me. So, I just wanted to make sure that we had a little accountability when it came to you and Bam Adebayo. He's still better than Julius Randle, I'll tell you that much. Ooh. Is he? Mm. Is he? Mm. he is. Mm. Hey, it's maybe it's something about God the Atlanta Hawks. Right? God, God forbid. The Hawks. God forbid Randle just had the performance Bam had. In game one of the playoffs, and you're all over him right now. Oh, he had that John for four games, for five games. No, I think Bam, if you put him at power forward, that's his natural position. He'd be better. Now, listen, John, I was about to defend you, but you know what? You don't deserve it no more. <laughs> After the Julius Randle <laughs> you don't deserve it. So, you know what? I'm going to side with my guys, Riv and Drew. I'm going with Zach Levine points. I'm going with Zach Levine points easy. You made me do it, John. I was going to go Jimmy Butler. You made me do it. <laughs> And breaking news coming coming from Woj right now, the Boston Celtics will be signing six five slashers Joe L <laughs> to their final roster spot as we yes, the playoffs. Slasher is you know, people, generous. People, people ask me all the time, bro. You think you're on the team? You think you're part of the team? Look at that, part of the team now, man. It's the last spot six, we need to five, get us over the hump. You can give, you can give us some info, inside information too. Yeah, six, man. Five, slasher, yeah. they capped. Stretch big, stretch big, stretch big, stretch big. Before before we move on to predictions, I want to tell the people about the giveaway we're doing. So, Joel, I don't know if you have the the Boom Fantasy lower third ready, but you guys know, partner with Boom Fantasy, best DFS app out there. And right now, if you haven't already downloaded Boom Fantasy, first of all, what are you doing? Second of all, this is the perfect time to do it because we're giving away a copy of MLB The Show for your system, whether that's PlayStation or Xbox. All you have to do, go in the description. Click the link for Boom Fantasy. Take it to the App Store. If you download it and use code PICKASIDE, P-A-S, you'll be signed up and automatically entered into the giveaway. We'll be giving away that copy at the end of the month. Um, and you have a chance to win some money. We saw our guy, Isaiah Cruz, added me. He's turned $2 into $80 just for three correct picks. I know not everyone's got $100 to spend every single night. All you need is a few dollars. He went in, picked three long shot props. That went from... $2 to 80, 40X, you could do that every night. They have toss-ups, you're going 20 times your money. That's the picks we're seeing today with the matchups and everything. So if you go ahead, use PAS as the sign-up code, you'll be automatically entered into the giveaway, and you're helping out the show. People are always looking away for, to support, give you all this free content. This is a way that, uh, you know, we pay the bills. Now, NBA playoffs, <clears throat> we're going to start off with the Western Conference because the Western Conference is very spicy. There's series in here that are going to be very interesting. Let's just get out the the first one out the way. The Nuggets are going to face the winner of tonight's playing matchup, Wolves and Pelicans. And I don't know if we need to spend too much time on this. I think we all have the Nuggets in four or five, regardless of who they face. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. So Wolves and <laughs> Wolves and Thunder. My bad. I said Pelicans. So, so I have. If they're going to play the Wolves, it's going to be in four games. If they're going to play the Thunder, because the Thunder actually play with a lot of this, I'm giving them five. They don't have a big man. The Timberwolves. Doesn't matter. The, t- the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves have a better shot of taking it to five than. I, than I agree. I agree. Oh, yeah, do you? Do you? Yeah. I'm telling you right now, the Wolves are not winning tonight. You want to bet? 
Uh, no, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my my winning think, sides I'll over think, here. Yeah, I like him that much, huh? You, you <laughs> like him? Yeah, I, like nah, him nah. Much, huh? I, I have a perfect streak <laughs> against Joel right now, so I have to be mindful of that. Because right. listen, Anthony Edwards, I trust him. Like oh, like God. I said, he might have had a bad game. Didn't work out. I, that, again, I trust him with my life. Kind. Your Do life you? is on the, on the line. You're, I'll tell you what, if your life really it was on it was dependent on Anthony Edwards playing well against the Lakers, we're we're saying prayers. Colors, I think we underselling Anthony Edwards in that game because you guys are looking at him strictly from an offensive standpoint in terms his of his ability to great. score. Right. I thought that him his ability to defend and just get other people involved in the game and be a part of the game other than scoring, I thought that helped Minnesota out a lot, right? As opposed to him just being a scorer and he wasn't doing anything else, then the Lakers would have won that going away. The fact that he involved himself defensively, I think that helped him out a lot. Yeah. Defensively, he was elite. He rebounded the ball very well. And offensively, he didn't shoot well. But but to be fair, I mean, it's difficult when you have Vando guarding you, then you have backside help. There was always two or three bodies on Edwards wherever he went. So Mm -hmm. for some reason, and fell multiple times in his right shoulder, like yeah. pretty rough falls. I think that played a role in the two because that wasn't Ant. He wasn't attacking at all. Yeah, but he's going to bounce back tonight. We know he's going to bounce back tonight. At least I know. I know Drew he's going to bounce back tonight because he's mm-hmm. Ant-Man. He's Anthony Edwards. That's who right. he is. That's who he is. But next series, Suns versus Clippers, the four seed versus the five seed. Now, Riff. You have Clippers in six, if God I'm not damn. mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and because you have the Clippers, I think you're the only one on this panel that's going to have them winning. So that's why I want you to go first and give your reasoning. <laughs> Bro, just threw me on the spot. Um, yeah, yeah. We This is – damn, me and Joel already had this conversation, so it's like having it again. Um, yeah, I got, I got the Clippers in six. And I, I got the Clippers in six for just the simple fact. I'm, I'm under the belief that Paul George – is not going to be back until game six or seven. I'm not as optimistic as others. I don't think he comes back game three or four. I look at the matchup as the Clippers are probably one of the few teams in the West that can throw multiple bodies at Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. You're good. Keep going. Oh, oh, okay. Somebody train running? Um, The Clippers are the only team in the – like one of the few teams in the West that can throw a couple bodies at Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, and I think that's one of the most important things. I think when you have bodies that can defend, that can stay in front of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, that's important. You have Ty Lue, who's a pretty much – has shown us in the playoffs that he's great at adjustments. He's great at game managing. You have Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard offensively over the last three, four months has been one of the best players in the league. You know, he's been back to that efficient form, and you love to see that. And then they have pretty good role players. And we have good role players that can kind of offset other players like Chris Paul, DeAndre, and that's something good. Like the Phoenix Suns don't have a bunch of role players. You know, the continuity isn't all the way there. Yes, Kevin Durant is one of the easiest plug-and-play type of players, but that's still a team that doesn't have a lot of chemistry as opposed to the Clippers. They've been together for some time. So I just think this series isn't a wash like everybody else is making it to seem. I think the Clippers are about eight, nine deep and can give the Suns some trouble. So I got the Clippers in six. Well, listen, this is probably going to be wrong ultimately. One, to have the Clippers winning in six is disrespectful. At least have it going to seven. That's my first knock. But if they go to seven, there's no chance. Yeah, we know KD's going to come to play and outplay Kawhi Leonard. We know that. But at the end, you're saying saying no Paul George and you still think that they're going to win the series. That's where I have difficulty, Mm -hmm. King. I don't think they win in seven in Phoenix. I think they're better off winning uh, in six in Los Angeles. Now, one of the things you mentioned is that Tyron Lue makes adjustments. Well, usually he makes adjustments late in series when the team is is down. Well, yeah, we've seen the team be down multiple times 2-0. 
if you're down 2-0 against Phoenix, you're gonna lose in five. Simple as that. You're not you're not coming back from that. I don't care about the adjustments. And you talk about the role players, but the Suns just have the star power. It's Kevin Durant, it's Devin Booker. They average 59.2 points per game in the regular season, only behind Luke and Kyrie, that duo. And offensively, I, I just have too many question marks about the Clippers. One, the spacing, Russell Westbrook, those Zubats lineups. I'm curious to see who Kevin Durant's going to guard. I want Kevin Durant to be a roaming help defender, so possibly put him on Westbrook when he's not involved in actions or put him on somebody like Eric Gordon or Marcus Morris if he starts yep. or Batum, one of those guys, just so he can, have, just so he can be roaming and, and be a help defender. Ultimately... I just think the Clippers have to go small in this in this series. Zubas is going to get abused and drop coverage. And I think if the Clippers go small, that plays to the Suns' advantage because DeAndre Ayton is still one of the better centers in the league. I know he's a disappointment for the pick he was selected at, but DeAndre Ayton is still a top five, top eight-ish center in the NBA. And if he's the fourth best player on the Suns, I think that's just a far more talented team than the Clippers. I do have concerns about the Suns' wings because it's Torrey Craig, Josh Okoge, Ish Wainwright, <coughs> and some TJ Warren minutes here and there. I mm-hmm. think the players that play the most are Okoge and Torrey Craig and Wainwright to get some minutes, but I think Torrey Craig is a serviceable wing. He can defend. He's shooting 39% from three this year, and for me, I, I just think that the Suns are too good. I think this is the finals team. I think the Clippers, although on paper, it looks like they have a bunch of this wing depth. They're 21st in defensive rating. They're not mm-hmm. a very good defensive team. Since the start of the new year, they haven't been a very good defensive team. They allowed the most points ever in a regular season game to the Sacramento Kings earlier this season. So I don't trust their defense. Offensively, I have concerns with the lack of shooting. They can close in on Kawhi Leonard easier. And the Suns are just going to be too hard to stop offensively. I think the Suns win in five. I think this is a comfortable series for them. Star power, star power is a bit overrated sometimes. I think, especially in this NBA now, where teams are more geared to having the two stars but a plethora of depth, those are the teams that usually go far and go deep. As opposed to Phoenix, yeah, they have the two stars, but they have maybe three to four players that can give you like that can give you that extra push. Like if you look at championship teams like Boston last year. They had role players. You look at a team like Golden State. They had guys that complemented their stars. Like even the Bucks, you know, he was missing Middleton, but they had guys. Like I think the, the star power is good, but I think now in this NBA, role players is far more important. I could combat that. I could combat that. I'm sorry, Joe, if, if you had a point. No, no, you you, you could go, OG. I I could combat that point with. Isn't that the same problem that the Miami Heat are having because they don't have the depth. Right. And they don't have the rotation guys and they don't have the talent, which would be the difference in the series. So I do think think, I mean, we've seen Jimmy Butler from time to time, especially in the playoffs. I mean, Jimmy playoff Jimmy Butler is a real thing. I mean, bam, we saw him in the playoffs. It was a couple years ago, but we did see him in the playoffs and his production did get better over the course of this season. I mean, he did turn into a 20 and 10 guy. But I thought that those rotation guys, I mean, that could combat the idea of your rotation guys being better because they don't have that. Now, as far as the Clippers. I think that if this was January, Paul George would be out until the All-Star break. That's number one, because I think that injury is a lot worse than what they're telling us. I think he's a lot more hurt. And I I do think he dodged the bullet, but I think it's a lot more than what they're telling us. I think Ty Lue is going to have his hands tied. What I mean when when I say he's going to have his hands tied, he's going to have to turn Russ loose. He's going to have to let Russ do Russ. 
And that's going to be a problem because we know Russ is going to throw the ball in the second row. We know Russ is going to shoot the ball off the top of the backboard because we know that that's who Russ is. However, we also know that Russ is going to playmate for rim runners like Zubak. He's going to get Bones shots, right? He's going to get guys, Markeith Mars. He's going to get them shots, and he's going to create his own offense. I think the difference in this series is the fact that how good – Phoenix is offensively adding Kevin Durant. I think that's what's going to tip the scale. I think that if Kevin Durant wasn't on this roster, I think we'd have a pretty even matchup. But the fact that you're adding Kevin Durant in this particular series, and that's 27 a game that they don't account for. So I think that's going to be the difference in this series. I think Phoenix handles them. And this also, is- it's sorry, John, but it's not like the Suns have these two top players and then everybody else is a drop-off. Right. It's KD, it's D-Book. Then you have Chris Paul. Obviously, he's not who he once was, but he's still a steady point guard, and he's at least somebody that is a better decision-maker with the ball than Russell Westbrook, 100%. DeAndre Ayton is – he's not an all-star, but you can argue he's a borderline one if he was a a more primary option on his team. And and then Cameron Payne, it was not too long ago where Cameron Payne was – one of the better bench guards in the league. I think that he's still able to give you a spark. Terrence Ross can give you a spark. Mm-hmm. Torrey Craig is a good wing, at least a good backup wing. I think the Suns have a solid eight-man rotation that they can that they can fill out for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This is not the Clippers team that went to the conference finals two years ago. In no way, no how. They still don't have a point guard he can close games with. For as well as Russ has played, we know in the playoffs you can't rely on him. And then you look at this wing depth that everyone's propped up. Marcus Morris is cooked. Nick Batum's mm-hmm. two years older. Terrence Mann's good, but to ask Kawhi Leonard to single-handedly run the offense and then also guard Kevin Durant for 40 minutes, well, consequently, Terrence Mann's going to have to guard Devin Booker for how long? This is a series the Suns are winning four or five games. I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Drew doesn't play. Late in games, I don't know how the Clippers are going to have a good enough offense that could be with the Suns team. Because I know, Riv, you're a big Chris Paul hater. I've seen you've thrown shades of him saying Jason Kidd's better, though he shot 39% in the playoffs for his career. Chris Paul is still a guy late in games who can rely on and pick and roll. And I think the Suns offense has way too many mismatches. And you prop up Tyron Lue way too much where it takes him two or three games. This ain't the Utah Jazz Rudy Gobert. If you wait two or three games to make the adjustment, you're cooked. I think the Suns team is a lot better than you give them credit for. And with that being said, I'm pretty hyped for this matchup because we have been gypped of Kawhi versus KD for three straight postseason runs. We should have saw those two in the finals in 2020-21. But Kawhi gets hurt. Tears ACL partially. Kyrie gets hurt, and so is Harden. 2019, we should have saw him in the finals. We only got it for 12 minutes. And in 2017, we had it for 26 minutes in game one before Zaza did his thing, and Kawhi was out for that series. Now, for the first time, it's another one of those odd years, like 2017, 19, and 21. We get this matchup in the first rounds. But I think KD is going to win this in five, maybe six. John, you're slick for that Jason Kidd comment. Wait, so I think Jason Kidd is better than Chris Paul. I'm a hater? Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. That's how the show works. Yeah. Yeah, I just had to make sure yeah. that uh, that, people, that people understood how that didn't make sense, but we had to make it very loud and broad. <laughs> All right, got. It. Where's the separator um, with Jason Kidd and uh and and Chris Paul? I don't I don't want to talk too much on this, but where's the separator between Jason Chris Kidd Paul's and Chris Paul? He's a much better score. He's a much better scoring guard era. Yeah. I mean, he, when when I think about his ability to score, I think Jason Kidd was a better transition player. I think he was a better distributor in transition. I think he was a better rebounder. I think he was a better defender because he was more versatile, especially being a bigger guard. And the idea, the idea, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) The the idea, the idea that 
Jason Kidd was a much, I mean, I'm sorry, Chris Paul was a much better scorer. I think that at his peak, he was what, 21 a game. I mean, Jason Kidd was at what, 17 or 18 a game. So it's not like the margin is this. I mean, we're talking about a bucket or two buckets. That's not a much better score. The efficiency was this though. Jason right. Kidd's career shot 40%. Why are Chris you, why are you comparing efficiency in 2003 to efficiency in 2015? Chris Paul played in half a decade later. But you cannot compare efficiencies from two different eras and two different point guards. Well, Chris Paul at his peak in 2008 was in the Jason Kidd era. That, that Jason Kidd was like, what, 34, 35? He was in year 14 at that time. Yeah, come on. Yes, he was. So, so I, mean, I don't. I, don't, I think Jason Kidd was better. I do. I think Jason Kidd was better. I don't think it was a wash, but I do think Jason. What Kidd about what about John Stockton, OG? You think John Stockton's better than CP3? I do think John. John Stockton is OG a hater too, or is just riff? <laughs> I think you're all disrespecting Chris Paul. I'm not. I, I, I'm a big fan of Chris Paul. Like Jason Kidd's I, I, I feel like the cruise that he was on. They should have done a lot better than what they did. That Lob City team. I mean, he had Blake Griffin, who finished third in the league in MVP votes in 2013. He had DeAndre Jordan, who was first team All NBA and one of the better defensive bigs in the game. He had Jamal Crawford, who was the best rotation player in the game. He had one of the best sharpshooter. JJ Redick. He had JJ Redick as one of the best sharpshooters in the game, and that team could not get out of the second round of the playoffs. I'm not buying the logic that these guys did not get along because Kobe and Shaq were not the best of friends, but they managed to get to the NBA Finals four times in five years. So I'm not buying that logic at all. So the idea that Chris Paul on that unit didn't underachieve because they didn't like each other, no, I'm not buying that at all. Chris Paul didn't make those guys, though, into what they became. Blake Griffin. And you could say playoffs. you could also say the same. You, you could also say the same thing about them. They made him into what he was, also. But he did in New Orleans, and they had their best team ever, winning fifty six games with him. Mm-hmm. Last fifteen years, they haven't done that again. I think in the playoffs, Chris Paul is a lot better than people give him credit for, and that's why I tell I lean to him more over Stockton and Kid because late in games, I trust him way more on those guys. Mm. Obviously, in Los Angeles with the Clippers, he had some years of injuries, and Blake Griffin, while he did finish it in the MVP race, he wasn't a top three player at the time. I feel like in this role, as a third or fourth, just it's going to be a constant mismatch of KD and Devin Booker, and I trust Chris Paul to make the right play, and that's what's going to make this more of a lopsided affair, I think, for Phoenix. We could also we could also we could also mention that Blake Griffin was arguably the best four men in the game at that time. It was between him and Kevin Love. That was a legit argument. So to have so to so to have one of the best players at your position as as a primary scorer, no question about that. And again, to have DeAndre Jordan one of the best rebounding defensive bigs in the game. The fact that you couldn't get your team to the Western Conference Championship, one, because you were beat up a lot of times, because your best ability is your availability. I mean, John Stockton played 20 straight years, and I think he I think he missed – I think he played more than 90% of his game. So the fact that you weren't available and stopped, even though he didn't have – I can appreciate the playoff runs. Stock did have some great playoff runs. I mean, he was responsible for them beating the Houston Rockets in 97. He was past his prime when they beat when they beat the Rockets in 97 in the conference championship when he knocked them when he knocked them out. Same thing in the beginning of his same thing in the beginning of his in the beginning of his career when he was a scorer. His, I think the first season when they made the playoffs when he was a starter, I think he averaged 19, and then the next year he averaged 20, 27, and put two 2020 games on Magic in the playoffs. But then he changed his game because Malone and because Malone. Had gotten in, they had tailored the offense more around Carl Malone. But then at that, that's what that would explain why his production as a as a scorer dropped. But he could score with the best of them. I don't think that was ever a question because I leave out the 27 and 19 games, the 25 and 14 games that he'd have because they were playing because the offense was tailored around Malone and Jeff Malone at that time. I think it's fair to say that Chris Paul definitely made DeAndre Jordan, but Blake Griffin, when he was traded from the Clippers, was an all-star with the Pistons. 
And that he was, was a different when, player then. A completely different player. It then. was when in, injuries were starting to catch up to him at that point too, and he still managed to put up 25, 25 point per game season. So he also made the All NBA team too. He was All Pro too. Yeah, I, I think Blake Griffin definitely. Chris Paul didn't make him. I think Blake Griffin was going to be one of the best players in his position, regardless of Chris yeah. Paul going there. But listen, I, I think. When it comes to the Clippers and Suns, the biggest thing, too, outside of Russell Westbrook, because I just don't trust Westbrook in the playoff series, and I have in the last six years. The biggest thing in this series, too, is the fact that outside of Westbrook, they don't have a playmaker. Paul George was their best playmaker at the wing position, and now you're going to have to ask Kawhi to playmake more than usual. And I just, I just don't trust Kawhi in those spots. Mm-hmm. I trust him as a scorer, as an isolation scorer. But as a playmaker, I, I'm, I don't really trust Kawhi that much if I he's going to be the playmaker for the team. But I think that only like that only becomes a problem, like because I've, you know, you, you watch Clippers game with Kawhi when Kawhi or PG are primary playmakers, it becomes an issue when defenders are hounding him or there's tough defenders on them that make it difficult for them to get the ball. There's no one in Phoenix that's really going to make it difficult for Kawhi to get the ball. That's why I don't think him being like him, them having a Kobe. playmaker is going to be like that's one person. Yeah, but there, and even then Kawhi has the strength over him. He has the size. He has the physical advantages. So it's like there's nobody even and even then there's nobody even in a switch that's going to make it an issue for Kawhi to get the ball. Like it would be different if Kawhi is going to have issues, but there's nobody that's going to give him that problem. So I don't think also, the playmaking is an issue. But they also, can key in on him, though. It can because it's I, just Kawhi. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's the issue. That's the issue with this series, Riv. I I don't see a world the Clippers win this. Um, I understand role players are important, um, but I also know in the playoffs your bench can shrink and your star players become more important, and you don't have to limit guys to 30, 32 minutes a night. They can play 36 plus minutes, and that's where I think the Suns have the advantage. Not only do you have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, who you know, Kawhi's in that conversation as well, but the way they've been playing this this way, especially Kevin Durant, you know, Drew just had him on an all-NBA team and he played less than 50 games. I mean, the way they've been playing to be able to play together, it, this is going to be my finals pick out of the West, barring something crazy. So I think they get past the Clippers pretty comfortably. And Kawhi Leonard, for how great he is, I think John made a great point. Um, he is really the only defender, perimeter defender at least, on that team that would scare me if I'm the Phoenix Suns. And if I'm the Phoenix Suns, if he wants to guard Kevin Durant or guard Devin Booker, I don't know if Kawhi Leonard in a seven-game series can be able to be out there for 40 minutes and guard an elite level and defensive end he, and yeah, then give you the 30, yeah. 35-plus points that he's going to need to not give at this, them. Not at this he, he won't. He won't. It's, not at this stage. He'll guard, he'll guard, yeah. he'll guard KD with like the last four minutes of a fourth quarter. Yes, like, in, who, in crunch time and clutch time when yeah. it matters, he will guard him. But yeah. I, I don't think that's going to be enough to be able to slow down this Phoenix Suns offense. I mean – it's a very small sample size, but we know what the numbers show us over that eight-game stretch where they haven't lost number one offense, number one defense. I mean, we're looking at a team, again, small sample size that is really washing everyone out of the water. And this Clippers team who has been up and down all season long, I remember back in, I don't know, what was it, October, November, OG, when you were on the show, you said, I'm just done with the Clippers. I've seen enough of them. And a couple months later, I was like, you know what, I'm on board with OG. I'm tired of this too. And especially without Paul George in this line, even if he comes back, I mean, you're talking about game six, even makes it to a game six. If you're expecting him just to hop in the lineup, be able to give you effective 15 to 20 minutes, you're asking a lot. And even if he can only give you 10 minutes, that's not going to be enough to push you over the edge. 
Um, and then you have the issue with Russell Westbrook, who's had a great resurgence. I think this Clippers team, you know, he, he possibly found a home for the next couple of seasons. Seven-game playoff series, you guys have your reservations. I have mine as well, if he could be the main distributor, main playmaker for this Clippers team. Um, so when I look at it, I think there's a, ta- a talent disadvantage for the Clippers. I just think the Suns are the more talented team. Um, I trust Kevin Durant and Devin Booker for those two stars. Who's that second option really going to be on the Clippers? You could talk about the depth that they have. They're a deeper team than the Suns, but I don't think they have this top-end depth like other teams do. Like, if you look at the Celtics, who have guys like Derek White, who could be an all-NBA defensive thing, or Malcolm Progden, who be six-man of the year. They don't have that type of depth. They have solid guys, a lot of guys that I think could get cooked on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I got the Suns in five, maybe six, if Kawhi could really go God mode for a game or two. But I don't really see a world where the Clippers can pull this out. I'm yeah, glad you brought that up too about Russell Westbrook. Keep going, Joe. But I'm glad you brought that up about Russell Westbrook. They're going to resign him. He's going to be. He's going to stay with the Clippers. I agree. And also, I, there's not two defenders I trust on the Clippers to be matched up against Kevin Durant and Booker for the series. I Ultimately, mean, there's, there's not really like, two defenders in the West that you trust to do that. So I don't. And think that's, that's why they're the favorites out of the West right but now. But I don't think that's like that's like in that's uni- Like I don't think that that should be a big issue. It's, it's all about just making somebody tired. It is an issue though. You can't guard the best players. That's an issue in a playoff series. Nobody, nobody can. That's why they're favored to win the West. Yeah, but I think as long as you make them tired, you make them tired, you make them tired. That's the old, the whole end goal of stopping a star. You make them tired from quarter one to quarter four. If you have the bodies to do that, that makes like the Clippers effective. may have the depth role players, like Dell's mentioned. But just with Devin Booker alone, his production outmatches Norman Powell, Eric Gordon. He outmatches oh, yeah, yeah. four or five role players by himself. So oh. with with him with KD and him, you know, it's I just think you know that that in itself is too good. Then the Suns also have complimentary piece around that, and Monty Williams, the coach of the year, who I think is also out to prove something. You know, from yeah. last year's debacle, and I think the Suns are legit. On to the next series, Drew Grizzlies. Oh, Riv, yeah, oh my Drew bad, I didn't know. I didn't. Know. <laughs> well, it's also because uh, do I sound bad or do I sound okay? You sound uh, you sound pretty. They're peaking. You sound bad then, okay. Yeah. Uh, do I sound good now? It's yeah. only because yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. It's it's because someone's mowing their lawn in the background, and that's where you thought the train was. So there's really not much I can do about guy. it. I, I mean, listen, I don't control who mows their lawn or not. I, it's, regardless always, of that, it's always me. That's why I'm giving a shit. <laughs> I understand. So regardless of that fact, I'm with I'm with the rest of the guys. I'm sorry, Riv. I really do feel like you're saying that talent doesn't matter. Unfortunately, uh, in this. Drew, uh, don't be saying, sorry. He's rooting for the Warriors anyway. He has mad teams in the playoffs. That's true. That's true. <laughs> he but, does but, have mad teams. You said that uh, – I'm blanking on your exact wordage, but you're saying you didn't say that. But it was something along the lines where a skill skill is or, – or talent really is overrated at a point. Where t- uh, a plethora of ta- – if you're not remembering Star it, power. Star power, there Star it is. Star power sometimes can be overrated. That's what Yeah, I but I, see, but in this scenario, Joel just put it best where Devin Booker – would in normal situations, if you if it's just Kawhi Leonard versus Devin Booker, then now we're talking. But when Devin Booker becomes a team's second option, and your second option is now a Norman Powell, Russell Westbrook, you're cooked. With all due respect, so I'm giving Kawhi Leonard the benefit of the doubt of giving him six games. I believe that the 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 Suns will win this series in six games. I believe that Kawhi Leonard is a great enough basketball player. He will have one of those performances that he will steal one, and then. It, maybe the Suns just don't have that type of night. I just think that the Clippers are a good enough basketball team to steal another one of those. But regardless, I think the Suns have way too much talent. I, I disagree with the statement that the Clippers are going to have to play small for the sole fact that Aiden is going to have to be on the is going to be on the court. So Zubak naturally will be on the court as well. I don't believe that 
that that that that'll be a huge issue. I believe that Zubak is good enough to hold his own against DeAndre Ayton, yeah. but the matchup issues elsewhere are the real concern if you are the Los Angeles Clippers. Who's going to defend Kevin Durant consistently throughout the entirety of the game? Kawhi Leonard, yes, you, you would hope that that would be the matchup. I don't see it being the entirety of the game or whenever Kevin's there and, and Kawhi's on the court, he's going to pick up every time. If anything, if that's the case, then that's when Devin Booker becomes a, a huge a huge part of this series because I believe that, yes, your primary focus will be on Kevin Durant because obviously he's the best offensive player in this series, but you can't forget that guy who's going to – who's 50% from the field and can average 28 points per game in Devin Booker and they can also facilitate an offense as well. And I haven't even mentioned Chris Paul's name not even once yet. So in this scenario specifically, I believe that offense will overcome and that is the Phoenix Suns. That's true. I think Zubac is going to get played off, though, regardless. He can match against Aiden fine, but in drop coverage, when it's Chris Paul, D-Book, and KD, they're going to have to put in Roko out there at the five. They're going to have to make some type of adjustment. But then you could run the way that I think about it, and it might be ugly, honestly, is you have probably Russ, Norman Powell, Kawhi Leonard, Roko, because Roko can kind of stretch, not yeah. nothing insane. It's ugly. And then Zubac, if, if Aiden's going to be on the court. That, that lineup has virtually not ugly. played a single yeah. game. No, because no, no, Roko is only averaging like 16 minutes a game. So even yeah. in that sense, I don't I don't see Roko really getting that much burn. But honestly, oh, Terrence Mann's another one that I left out of that that scenario as well. But Plumlee I think that's Plumley facts. Plumley but I think that regardless, the if court. You, no, if you see Aiden on the court, then Zubak will get minutes. And yeah. I don't think that it'll be Zubak's responsibility to to defend the screens, at least unless they're they're hunting him out. Mm-hmm. The Clippers just don't have the screen navigators to really keep up with that, though. They don't. And that, that's just, it's just going to put more stress on Zubac, and that's why I think this is just a huge mismatch for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think they match up well, personally. That's why, uh, you know, if I didn't respect Kawhi, I would have this. A, this would be a sweep for me. This would yeah. be a sweep. I really thought Joel was trolling when he when he set you up for that question, Riv. I did not think you were going to take the Clippers. Oh yeah, wild card. But, yeah. but especially when Paul George is going to be out, and you just said you believe that he won't be back till Game Six or Seven. Then how can they win this series without Paul George? It's virtually impossible. I, I, I just explained it. No, I get it, but I'm telling <laughs> you that the logic is not there. Uh, uh you just don't think yeah, I'm, you just disagree with me. That's all it was. Strongly. Yeah. Grizzlies versus Lakers. Now, Drew, you're going to give your take on this series first. Even though I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with based on your hat and your jersey. Then after Drew, OG, I want you to give your take. Because I'm curious. Because last time you were on the show, you said if the Lakers were healthy, you do trust them. So I'm I curious do. to see if, if you have them win this series as well. Mm-hmm. So, Drew, who's your pick and why? This is phenomenal. And, and I appreciate OG because as soon as he got in, he said, Drew, don't think that it goes unnoticed that you're wearing your Laker gear. I get it because me and OG kind of have a little bit of a rivalry when it comes to the Lakers. He understands why. I'll let it, I'll let it be. Uh, I know the fans pay attention to it. OG, we're all good on this side, of course. But naturally, I have to talk about my <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers. And I, I, I recorded a video two minutes long on Twitter. That was hilarious, Joel. I laughed very hard about that, uh, about why I was happy about the Lakers winning. And it wasn't about the play. It was solely for the fact of the expectations on us and, and the people's constant disrespect. Now, regardless of that fact, we didn't look good against the, the Timberwolves by any means. We looked mm-hmm. really bad. And we still ended up coming away with the win. Um, against the Memphis Grizzlies, where Steven Adams and Brandon Clark both are missing, and they do not have another player to average anywhere near 10 rebounds. I believe the next closest is six rebounds. 
the big NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. The issue with the Los Angeles Lakers is that we, we lack size in terms of relative to other teams where Anthony Davis is our most reliable big, obviously, but outside of that, you don't really have him. Mo Bamba is not going to get those minutes or he should not get those minutes. In my opinion, you'll see him eventually if we face a team that, that has that size and Anthony Davis needs a breather, but when Gabriel cannot be another guy off the, in this rotation, that's going to be playing minutes for us where I feel like that'll be beneficial for us against the Grizzlies is we might not have to do that because without Steven Adams, without Brandon Clark, it's not essential that we need to be this big dominant force. We, we will. I feel like regardless of that fact, we can still be a force on the glass. LeBron mm-hmm. James is obviously a great rebounder. Anthony Davis would, would be the, the, the leader in rebounds this season if he were to have qualified for it. He was unbelievable this year. He's, he's really asserted himself as that, that dominant force on the defensive rebounding end. And really why I feel confident is for the fact that defensively, yes, you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, that is their strong point. But so is it. That's, that's our strong point as well. Mm-hmm. Defensively, we have shown that we can lock down since the All-Star break, since the trade deadline, we have been amongst the top three defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Now, the concern of ours becomes offense because this game against the Timberwolves, we not only saw Austin Reeves struggle, but of course the obvious, D'Angelo Russell had a horrendous game, so bad that he did not even play I think he played very minimal of the second half. He just came in for plays spurts because we needed we needed a better free throw shooter. Mm-hmm. So what's really going to be the key here is, is D'Angelo Russell going to be the player that he's been for us since we acquired him from the Minnesota Timberwolves? That is number one because I know LeBron James is going to be LeBron James. I have no concerns about that. I trust Anthony Davis. I understand Jaron Jackson is the defensive player of the year or should be the defensive player of the year in my opinion. But I, be- I know that when Anthony Davis matches up against Jaron Jackson, Anthony Davis usually comes out on top. Anthony Davis is a dominant force regardless of how you shape it. Defensively, he's going to be crucial as well. But really another key to it needs to be that we need to be aggressive on these screens because we play drop on on the Grizzlies the last couple of times that we've played them. And John Morant has absolutely torched us. 240 balls and a 39. He's mm-hmm. been unbelievable. That needs to be our primary focus, trying to limit John Morant's aggressiveness to the basket. Regardless of that fact, I like this matchup for us. I said it prior to the pl- the postseason starting. I said that if I'm the Lakers, I want the seven seed because I feel like the Grizzlies is a great matchup for us because they lack the size, as do we. And I feel like in that sense where we have Anthony Davis, the better big man in this series, I feel like that'll give us the edge. Of course, LeBron James. I'm just going to ride with LeBron and AD. That's really what it's going to come down to. So I have the Lakers in seven because I believe that this if this series goes seven games, LeBron James is not losing. Shocker. So to two, two points. Number one, I think Anthony Davis, to your monologue earlier about the all-league teams, I think Anthony Davis is not only an all-NBA performer, I think he's an all-league defender too. And I think that's going to be the difference of him being an all-NBA performer. That's okay. number one. Number two, when I look at Jaron Jackson, I think Davis is the difference in this series. Why do I feel like that? Because number one, 
Anthony, not Anthony Davis, I'm sorry, Jaron Jackson fouls way too much for me to be productive in the playoffs. He averages four fouls a game. That's and that and that's against solid bigs. He's going up against an all league. He's going up against an all league big in Anthony Davis. Who what's who what who Anthony Davis is going to drag him away from the basket and that's going to open up the offense even more for the Lakers. That's number one. Number two, I think the biggest part of this is their rotation guys. I think Dennis Schroeder is could outplay. I think he could outplay Tyus Jones in this series. And I think if I think he could outplay Tyus Jones as a backup, I think that could really be beneficial to their unit. So if the Memphis, if, if, if Memphis, if Memphis decides to go small, that doesn't help them. And the reason why that doesn't help them is because Anthony Davis can play in small ball because he could stretch the defense. Not only can he stretch the defense, he's one of the better rim runners. I do not like the Memphis Grizzlies. If this series go, if this series goes past five, games memphis is going to win this series they got to get rid of the lakers early i am not betting i am not betting on memphis in game six and i'm definitely i betting on them in game seven so if they're going to win this series they better do it quick the uh, lakers definitely since the since trade deadline they've been number one defense the top defense for sure but the timberwolves game kind of raised an eyebrow and is this defense really legit or did they just face weak competition? I'm kind of teetering in the middle. I think that the defense is good. Mm-hmm. I think when Vando and AD are on the floor, they they make life hell for sure. But I'm not sold on them being this elite defensive unit, especially when Vando's off the court. And I think that some rotational issues they had against the Timberwolves can show up in this series. I think home court advantage in this series is huge. The Grizzlies are 35-6, and six, one of the best home teams in the NBA. They have the 15th best offensive rating, their second in defensive rating. And my biggest question about them coming into the postseason was their half-court offense. Since they traded for Luke Kennard, they've been the 11th-ranked half-court offense in the NBA. He's given them some much-needed floor spacing. And ultimately, I think there are a couple key matchups to this series and one key point. One of, the, one of the major key points is that the Lakers allow 23.4 transition points per game, the fourth most in the regular season, and the Grizzlies are one of the best transition teams in the NBA. So the Grizzlies, I think, have a potential to force turnovers and get out in transition. That's going to really help them in this series. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at two main matchups. The first one is Dylan Brooks on LeBron. I think Dylan Brooks, for all the, the shit he gets as a villain – He's one of the league's best defenders, and he makes it tough on LeBron. It, it sucks that this year, Lakers and Grizzlies matchups, we haven't really gotten to see it because each time it's either been key injuries or before the trade deadline. So we've never gotten to see these two teams match up fully healthy. But when Brooks was on LeBron this season, the first matchup, he, he made him go 8 for 21 with, with 23 points. Dylan Brooks is a pest. He makes it tough. He does foul, but he's somebody that I – he's one of the few people I do trust – on LeBron in the playoff series. And we talk about the Jaron Jackson Jr. and AD matchup, but I don't think that's going to be the matchup. Jaron Jackson, and it's key in the series for him to stay out of foul trouble for sure. But Xavier Tillman is the matchup on Jaron Jack on Anthony Davis. Jaron Jackson, I think, is going to be playing this Roma role. And Xavier Tillman this year has been amazing on Anthony Davis. He holds him to 36% EFG this season. He's six seven, so he's not tall, but he has a seven foot two wingspan, and he's two hundred and forty five pounds. And Anthony Davis versus him, his average shot distance is twelve point nine. The only players that hold AD to a farther shot are Zubac and Kayvon Looney. So Xavier Tillman, his strong base is oh, able wow. to is able to limit Anthony Davis 
driving in the paint. And Anthony Davis, when he's matched up against Tillman, settles for a lot of jump shots. And his matchup on Jaron Jackson, on Anthony Davis, like you saying, Jaron Jackson, his matchup on AD is huge. Because mm-hmm. if Jaron can stay out of foul trouble, that's the key to the series. Jaron is the key to the series because he just has to be disciplined. And it's hard to trust him because in our three matchups this year, he's had five fouls in each of them. And he's just a hard player to trust in, in foul trouble yeah. anyway. The X factors in this series outside of Jaron Jackson Jr. for me, for the Lakers, I think it's Vando and Reeves. I think the role players are really going to have to play. Vando is one of the better defenders on Ja Morant in the league, so I think that's going to be a tough matchup for Ja. But if Vando gets played off the court because offensively he's too much of a liability and getting left open, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have the Vando assignment, and he's going to be helping a lot on these AD post looks that's going to be tough for the Lakers. And if you can limit those Vando minutes, then you open the floor up for John Moran getting going. And he's been very effective against um, Anthony Davis when he's been the pick-and-roll defender. Anthony Davis has not been able to hold John Moran when he gets to the basket. John Moran has really had his way against him this year. Mm-hmm. And Austin Reeves, he has to show up. He has to be one of their primary ball handlers. He has to shoot well. He has to defend well because he's going to have some possessions on Ja. And ultimately, you can't trust D'Lo. So those minutes are probably going to Schroeder and going to Reeves, and they have to show up. And outside of Jaron Jackson Jr., I think Desmond Bain just has to show up and be consistent as a second option. He's a second-scoring option. He has to be consistent. Ultimately, I think the Grizzlies are going to get out and transition on the Lakers. I think they'll be able to stay out of foul trouble. And although Steven Adams being out and Brendan Clark being out um, hurts them a lot, I think that if they can stay out of foul trouble, it won't matter much. And I favor the Grizzlies coaching and the role players. I have the Grizzlies in six games. I think they'll win in six. Oh, you know, I think you were uh, underselling it just a bit, Joel. Jared Jackson Jr. is the most important player. Absolutely. Of the Absolutely. He, not just defensively, but offensively. I mean, if you, if you watched towards the back end of this year, back-to-back years, he's shown modest strides in his offensive game. And when he – when he shows an ability at times when he sees Small's lineup to get aggressive, pick your poison. But like you said, his foul trouble is uh, concerning. But he's the most important player because he has the most responsibility for the Memphis Grizzlies. He has to hold down the defense. Small ball lineups he has to take advantage of. Offensively, he has to be ready to hit that three ball because, like you said, AD drop coverage is going to be there. They're going to help on Ja. It's just, that's just what's going to happen. They have to do that. They're going to help on Ja. So J- Jaron Jackson Jr., Kenar, um, Desmond Bain, they have to be ready to hit that three ball. But I think, you, you know, Jaron being a roamer is probably going to be the main thing just to keep him out of foul trouble. With AD still going to be a problem. I, I would like to see a lot of double teams towards AD, make the role players beat you because, like you said, that Minnesota game raised eyebrows. The, the Lakers role Jude, players. just keep your mic muted while you're not talking. The Lakers role players are not that good. Like D'Lo. Vando, these are guys who need to get some quality minutes, and they have liabilities. Offensively, Vando is a non-factor. D'Lo is very, very inconsistent, so you don't know what you're going to get him. If he's not scoring, you don't need to have him out there. He cannot defend at a high level, so you don't need to have him out there. I think Austin Reeves is probably the most consistent guy for them that you need to keep him out there. But Beasley, he's inconsistent. You can't trust him on a night-to-night basis like Rui Achimura, defensively, he's not great. Offensively in stretches, he can be, but defensively, he's not that great. So mm-hmm. now you're looking at guys on the team that are pretty much liabilities on one side of the court and the other, and these are your primary role players. And I think with the Memphis Grizzlies, who is one of the deepest teams in the league, 
their bench gives it they're all offensively in their starting five they're pretty good this is a tough matchup for both teams and I think the coaching factor Jenkins clears him like like it's not even a discussion with those two but this is a tough matchup for both teams I think because both teams have to figure out a lot of lineup situations big man situation but I think Jaron Jackson Jr. for them to win this series he has to be perfect on both ends there there, there there can't be a situation where he falls off he has to be perfect on both ends because we know lebron gonna be lebron we know ad if he ad's ready to play he gonna be ad john morant gonna be john morant but what are the other guys gonna do the desmond baines the jaron jackson juniors the austin reeves and if you have desmond bain out there i think desmond bain can give you that 20 to 22 points per game which is going to be huge you have jaron jackson to get in it the same way i the same way how y'all was looking at the phoenix the clippers matchup who's going to offset that production from Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain for the Lakers. It should be D'Lo, but he's inconsistent. It should be Malik Beasley shooting, but he's inconsistent. It should be Austin Reeves, but this is his first time in the bright lights. Can you expect that from him? We don't know. Vando, offensively, he can't give you much. So there's a lot of situations where the Lakers, Darvin Ham, which is, this is going to be extremely, extremely important for him because he's had trouble with lineup issues all season. And now this is the most important time where you need to be perfect in your lineups because memphis grizzlies cause a lot of mismatches and you have a lot of mismatches yourself so i think i got memphis and six i'm riding with the boys defensively they've been great all year you mentioned the deadline grizzlies have been since jaron jackson jr has stepped back on the court they've been one of the best defenses in the nba and i think that is important so i I got the memphis grizzlies and six john morant put that to to clarify (laughs) i do think jaron jackson jr is the most important player in the series I don't know if that got lost in what I said. I just don't think he's going to be the primary matchup on AD. I think it'll be Tillman in his minutes. But Jaron Jackson Jr., him staying out of foul trouble is going to determine the series. Dylan Brooks, too. Dylan Brooks and that's, yeah, and those and that's why Dylan Brooks had problems. That Jared Vanderbilt is so important because he can't shoot really at all, and teams are going to leave him open. And so Jaron's going to be mashed up on him, certainly. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of Laker fans laugh at Xavier Tillman because Anthony averaged 30 and 20 on him this year in two regular season games, but Xavier, Til- Xavier Tillman is an elite backup big and one of the best defenders at his position. I mean, he had three steals in average versus Lakers. He can guard up on pick and rolls. He can switch. I mean, that's going to allow Jaron Jackson to play off the ball as a roamer. But then the question is, defensively, Anthony Davis is going to stifle Jaron Jackson and make him uncomfortable. And a lot of Jaron's fouls come on drives where he just gets all out of whack and then like starts to like throw his arms and limbs yep. around. So that's another huge part of this series. But the biggest factor in this to me is Taylor Jenkins versus Darvin Ham because the Lakers are a younger team with a lot of the same role players that last year couldn't play first the Grizzlies in the first round series as Timberwolves. Malik Beasley's going to make some shots, maybe one game or two. D'Angelo Russell in maybe one or two games, but last year D'Lo shot 33% versus Timberwolves. And there are going to be games where he's not on the floor. And that's going to put all of the ball handling on Dennis Schroeder, who's not the most reliable. I trust Tyus Jones more. Though I do agree with the OG, there's probably going to be a game or two where Dennis does play well. And I just think there's a lot more consistency and structure at this Grizzlies team because you know with their coach and Taylor Jenkins, he gets the most out of this depth. And they've had three years now, this same core of players, they're mm-hmm. not going to beat themselves. And at this Lakers bench, I don't trust any of these guys, honestly. Not a single one of them. And a lot of them are new to this playoff environment. Drew's looking all funny, too. I think you're still familiarizing yourself with a lot of these players as a Lakers fan because there's no continuity from this team, let alone two years ago. Uh, it's not crazy to be saying this. No, no. John, John's in his Joel Moran villain phase. You're so loud. You're so loud. You're so loud. You're so loud. Damn, Drew. 
don't know what you want me to do at this point. No, you go. We can hate. You're good. Just don't put it directly on your mouth. Yeah, you were mad before. Before it was directly, and it was fine. But regardless, all right. Um. I'm sorry that I just lost my train of thought, but regardless of that fact, again, he's entering his Joel Moran villain phase where he doesn't like, he doesn't like the Lakers anymore because I constantly talk and talk and talk about him. I understand. I get it, John. John is just smart. No, this is not the Grizzlies. This is not about the Lakers. I'm also, I'm also going to keep going with the fact that, you know, a couple of days ago, let me not say weeks, a couple of days ago, you were pretty, pretty sold on the Lakers. You were sold on Austin Reeves. You were sold on what we could potentially do come playoff time. And now suddenly, player, championship team. Now suddenly yeah, no doubt. And now suddenly the tides are changing. I told are we you. Are we going to have flip aside junior? D'Angelo Russell is a aside the third. Are you flip aside the third? Let me finish. The third. D'Angelo Russell, say it with me, is a playoff show artist. All right, if you want to say that, that's fine. We saw it already where you said that Dennis Schroeder could play good for one or two games. Dennis Schroeder has been very consistent for us essentially all season long. Laker fans are very critical of him. The second that he has a bad game, they're vocal about how we need to move on from Dennis. That simply is not true. Defensively, he's one of our better guard defenders. Offensively, he's extremely reliable in that sense of for what his role is. So I believe that very firmly. If Delo is going to struggle, that's going to hurt us very badly. Absolutely. We need Delo to be on his game for us to be very confident. But regardless, I trust Dennis Schroeder in those moments. To, to guard to, John Morant for 40 minutes and then absolutely. run the offense. But no, one, no one's going to be able to stop John Morant the same way that no one's going to be able to stop Anthony Davis. Ooh. Mm. Listen, I, I listen. I think, Drew, you mentioned a lot of good things. Dale's you're about to go, no doubt. Don't worry. I didn't forget about you, buddy. Um, Riv, I think Drew gave you a little bit of a side eye when you were talking about Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson's production, because I do think AD and LeBron match Correct. Ja, Correct. Jaron, and Desmond Bain. That's I do exactly. Think they, I'm they glad match. that you picked that Wait, up while my mic you, was What do you mean? I think so LeBron and AD match the big, big, the duo of the Lakers match the big three of the Grizzlies' production. I think this oh. series comes down to the other guys. Um, I, the role yeah. I agree. That's exactly my mic being muted is removing my, you know, my the quote unquote mannerisms of the, the nonchalant stuff of the show. But regardless, definitely was giving you the side on that. We yeah, have LeBron because I, I don't we have Anthony them, like, Davis. I look at superstars and superstars matching up. So I didn't they're like low end all stars. So I wasn't really looking at them. But but I will say, Drew, the disrespect to John for one. You want to call? You want to call him? Flip the side. This guy's disrespecting Listen, the Lakers. I'm, 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 I'm telling you I'm, what I'm, you should oh know. God. I'm gonna tell you one thing, Drew, and th this is for everybody out there listening and watching. Dells and John, I have taken them under my wing as flip sides. They are now flip sides. <laughs> I'm the primary guy. Now, OG, we know this show is called Pick a Side, but our audience gives a lot of gives us a lot of shit when we change our opinions, and they now have nicknamed me. The head guy flip aside, mm -hmm. and then John and Dells are flip aside juniors, but that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Listen, cha changing your opinion no. after watching and analyzing it is a good thing. So, listen, I, I change my opinion. Listen, flip aside, John, flip five aside. The Lakers two weeks ago. I love it. Flip aside. And, John, um, to no. be fair, John always did have the Grizzlies beating the Lakers in the series. I'm trying to tell you, Dennis Schroeder is not a good playoff player. He hasn't been since Atlanta. D'Angelo Russell is not a playoff player. And these guards are not going to stop John Morant. And, none of, dudes, and none of those guys played with James. I think the difference Thank in you. this series is Thank going to be – I think the difference in this series is James is going to have to play off of Anthony Davis. He cannot throw this unit on his back like he did five, six years ago. Anthony Davis is going to have to be the catalyst yep. on this unit. 
and they're gonna have they're gonna go the way he goes. If you see James taking 25, 30 shots, that means that other guys are not involved. And if other guys are not involved, that means he's too involved. And then that that what that could do is that could be a detriment to this unit. And I'm not I don't think James at this stage of his career, I don't think he's that ignorant to not recognize that yo, we're gonna go as far as Anthony Davis takes us, and he's gonna utilize him as much as he possibly can. Okay. Now, to your side, now to your flip aside point, Thank my you. nephew told my nephew told me this. You are you are able to change your opinion provided new information. So <laughs> I was gonna say, OG, you know what? I, I, I had a feeling that you were gonna go gonna go that way. And you may not like this statement, but I've noticed it personally, of course, because like I mentioned when I was first starting my monologue of you and I have this this uh rivalry when it comes to the Lakers, but I've noticed very, very nonchalantly that every time you come onto the show, you're a little bit more nice to the Lakers. Just a little bit more and more and more every time you come into the well, show. Well, the reason why, and the reason thinking, are you reason, are you on 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 the right the, side the, of history? The, the reason why is because I look at Anthony Davis and I see what he looks like when he's healthy and when he's. But the last time James and Anthony Davis were healthy, the NBA championship trophy was in Los Angeles. Ah, the bubble. The, I get it. So the last time he was healthy, that's and don't get me wrong, he played at an all-time great level. That's because James played off of him. And that was the plan right from the beginning. The problem was Anthony Davis broke down. That meant James had to get back to the dominant space, which meant James was breaking down faster. Had Anthony Davis held up, that meant that they would have been a lot better because James would have been playing off of him, which means other guys coming in, they would be playing off of him as well. So now we're at a point where Anthony Davis is healthy, and i seen what he looks like when he's healthy. He looks so much better, and we could run this thing through him. If he can hold up, I think they got just as good a shot as anybody. Dells, who's but that's pick? a scary game. That's a scary game if you want to play that Can with we AD. Stop. We talked about the last it time is. you were on it here. Is. Because it is. AD has games where he's dominant and he looks like yeah. the best player on the court. And there's right. games where he's passive and he's not aggressive enough. I mean, his last four or five games, he has two games over 20 points. The other three right. games are like under 18 points. Like we've right. seen this very recently. I know he went on the stretch towards the end of the season where he was averaging like 30 over a couple weeks or maybe a month phase. But these last few games, he really hasn't been – that type of guy. And maybe I'm nitpicking there, but that is the game you play when you have to run through Anthony Davis. You have to right. hope he comes out every night and is that aggressive type player, which right. we know can sway time to time. I do think the Lakers lucked out in this series. I do think the Grizzlies is the perfect matchup for them outside of maybe the Clippers without Paul George being healthy. Because I worry for the Lakers if they go up against a high-powered offense, just getting shot off the court. The Lakers are not a good three-point shooting team. They're really not a great offensive team. They're going to live and die by their defense. Their defense has been great. And more than anything, their defense is timely, I think, more than consistent. The first three quarters of that Timberwolves game, you could say, oh, they shot 50% from three. They were getting wide open shots a lot of the time. A lot of the time, LeBron was leaving Torrey and leaving Torrey Prince open, and, and he was making those shots, right? So I know we could we could sit there and say, like, oh, this is never going to happen again, but there's times where the Lakers are not locked in defensively, and that's why you could have these outlier-type games. When NBA players are getting open shots, they're going to be hitting those. And then we saw in the fourth quarter in that overtime period when the Lakers really did lock in, that's when we saw the Timberwolves go absolutely cold. Two, two field goals in 11 minutes, and those two field goals was – and Ann Edwards open, you know, fast break dunk. No one was in, in front of him. And the other one was an Ann Edwards, like, layup with 30 seconds left in overtime. The game was over. The Lakers absolutely locked up. Part of that is their defense. Part of that is also the Timberwolves at the end of that game had no offense and really couldn't get anything going. But for this series against the Grizzlies, I do have the Grizzlies winning in six games. 
Um, the Lakers, without a doubt, have a chance. I could see them winning this because of the offensive struggles the Grizzlies could go through at times. Um, you know, you do have the big three of Ja, Bain, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. And I know a lot of people talking about Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. I think Brandon Clark is the bigger loss. Steven Adams is going to give you some spurts for six minutes here and there, but you're probably not closing with him. He has trouble uh, shooting the free throw. He's got trouble. Um, you know, he could get played off the court essentially um, on the defensive side and offensive side doesn't, you know, obviously give you any sort of, uh, you know, uh, spacing or anything like that. But this Lakers team matches up well with the Grizzlies. I think if you're a Lakers fan, there's ways like Drew did. You could talk yourself into winning this series. My biggest concern is I don't know if I have seen the Lakers play 48 minutes of consistent basketball on both ends of the court against legitimate team. They've done it against some banged up Grizzlies teams. They've done it against the Rockets. They've done, they've done it against the Bulls. And there's only one time, the other time they lost it. I struggle seeing the Lakers doing this consistently for a seven game series. If they do do this, this is the first time we're really going to be seeing it all season long. I mean, I know they went on that win streak in the last month through the season. They've been playing really well. But I look at the best teams opponents. I know, Joel, I know Joel mentioned it. They, they lack, the competition really isn't there. I mean, they have not go, gone up against a team that you could look at and say, wow, this was a statement win where the Lakers dominated for 48 minutes and they were without a doubt the better team. There's moments where they do it. There's quarters that they do it, halves that they do it. But to win a seven-game series against the Grizzlies, especially when you don't have home court advantage, as Joel mentioned previously, I have a hard time thinking the Lakers could just flip that switch right away, especially when you rely heavily on Anthony Davis on both ends of the court, how brittle he could be at times. LeBron just isn't the same offensive engine as OG mentioned yep. five or six years ago. He's still phenomenal without a doubt. But I have trouble trusting the Lakers for this consistent amount of time. I don't see it happening. I want to really quickly reiterate my point, how I feel about Anthony Davis when he's healthy. Now, when he's not, and that's the thing that, like you just mentioned, that's the thing that I'm concerned with. I'm not sure if he's going to hold up. If he could hold up, that's the only thing that's holding me up with the Lakers. I think they're a semifinals team at best, and I don't think Anthony Davis is going to hold up. If he can hold up, though, I think we're talking about something completely different. Last thing I want to say, since Steven Adams went down, the Grizzlies are 20 and 17. That is a huge – listen, I'm with you. Brandon Clark was a loss, a huge one. But we cannot forget the fact that Steven Adams going down provides them with limited rebounding. That's also and, a regular and limited season. Side. Like 10 it's also, yeah, I mean, we have to – yeah, I think that regular season 20 and sample 17? sizes – Regular season sample sizes at like the end of the year – they they aren't very they aren't a great indicator of no Joe that doesn't work because you just, just mentioned that after the All Star break this is what they've done after the All Star break this is what that's this team fact. has done after this no I'm so you can, you that, that logic games. doesn't work no so the Lakers are fifteen and seven even no. even even with the win loss record the win loss record that's because of what their defense is that because that's because of what their offense is or what kind of distributor they have so the Lakers at fifteen and seven since the All Star break they're number three in the league in defense I mean I think that I I think that that has a lot to do with it so the and fact that Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, OG. Keep, so, keep so, 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 so the fact that Steven Adams is off the floor, that's affecting their defense. So if yeah. he was on the floor, that 20 and 17, if he was on the floor, might be 22 and 15. It might be 26 and 9, something like that. So I think those things do matter, especially going into the playoffs. The reason, the reason I disagree is because last year the Warriors had a – Bad record in the second half of the season, and they they won the NBA championship. I there there's a lot of they were healthy. They and all the Grizzlies, came together the at the Grizzlies, right time. The Grizzlies yeah. were not healthy. They were but they're going to continue to not be healthy. But they have Ja. 
But Ja, yes, understand that. But Ja wasn't out for 37 games. But he was out for a bunch of those games. Again, I gave you, I gave you 37 games as a sample size. It's in not the like second I just... half in the second half of the season. Yes. Nah, ja be missing games, bro. Ja be on some weird shit. He'll play one and not play. He be missing games. And also, we cannot. We also have to take into account that the Grizzlies to end the season the last two three weeks were basically rolling out lineups out there that are not their playoff lineup. Yeah. Okay, Ken, Kenneth, Kenneth Lofton was getting 30 plus minutes. I mean, or he had 42 he, points. Is he going to play in the playoffs? Is he is he a part of their rotation? Come he's, he's eligible. Not sure if he's going to get minutes, but he I is. Know, I don't know. He yeah. shouldn't do I'm that. hoping we get a John Conchar appearance because Why? he can provide some good minutes off the bench. Grizzly specifically with the jaw stuff going on and with the fact that really they, they've just been waiting to get to the postseason. I don't take into account that the Lakers sample size to me. It does. It is meaningful to me because this is their new look team for sure. But the mm-hmm. Grizzlies, I just don't think I can judge their end of the season in the playoffs. I that's gave just you thirty-seven me. games. Yeah. I, feel I just like think, that's not just I just think Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is more built for a regular season than the playoffs. He is, without a doubt. So losing him in a regular so season is far more important in terms of a playoffs. We've seen he can get played off the floor. Like I'd yeah, love to see. Sure. I'd love to see how many of those games Ja participated in and didn't out of he the thirty-seven. Twelve at least. But yeah. Steve-O makes Jaw better, and those snug pick and rolls yeah. are all the screen and man. He gives John open lane, the offensive rebounding. They're going to miss him because if Jaron gets in foul trouble, this is over. Now, OG, um, you you said Grizzlies in five. If it goes longer, it's Lakers. So what do you think it's going to go? I think if, if, if it's going to go seven, I'm picking the Lakers. Okay. If it's if, if we're in games, if, <laughs> if, we, if, we, if, we, if we see a game seven, I'm picking the Lakers. I'm not picking the Grizzlies. Yep. That's fair. And to give the Lakers credit, they there's a world where this happens. I really didn't give them any chance, but the size mismatch is definitely there. I mean, outside of uh, – I'm trying to think Jaron Jackson, everyone else on that Grizzlies rotation, you're talking about like 6'7 and under. And the Lakers, mm-hmm. they got five, six guys who were 6'8, six, 6'9 six, and taller. And then rebounding, the Lakers have been one of the best rebounding, top two on the season in terms of rebounding percentage. And the Grizzlies mm-hmm. are bottom 10. So the Lakers, there's a way they could win this series – I think a lot of it's going to be ugly. It's going to be defense, offensive rebounding. I think that's the way they get it done. I have a hard time thinking, you know, they're going to outshoot them or be able to offensively outscore them. It's going to be offensive. It's not like the Grizzlies are this great shooting team either. They're not they're this not. great. No, they're shooting not. Team. They're not. Well, since Kennard, they got Kennard, obviously have improved, um, but they're they're definitely not. And we'll see yeah. if he stays on the court because defensively he's a liability. He's, he's I guess we'll be fine. You can put him on Dennis Schroeder and be fine. Will be fine. He'll be good. He'll be good. Oh, okay, I'm just making sure you said not not on the, not on actions. He will not be fine. Against he's going to have to play though. He's too part. He's too no, important no. to the rotation. I, I think. think. I think if you if you put him on Schroeder, he'll be fine. Not I mean, you. Long. You put him on whoever's in the corner. Honestly, you just put him on whoever's in the corner. You can't hide him in the playoffs. You can't. You can't hide him in the Roman. So I think you could. Dude, now, if, if th- this is the thing. Go ahead, man. Most of the reason why I have the Grizzlies, and we're going to move on, of course, is because in with the new and out with the old. That's just it's, ugly. It's, it's ugly, just man. about time. I mean, listen. Yo, are you on that? Are, are you on Reggie that? Reggie is. Listen, OG. fucking worse. He's listen, OG. Listen, OG. Listen, OG. Regular season matters. Continuity yes, it yes, it matters. Yes, it does. If you've been a great team all season, I'm going to take you over a team who's been great for 20-something games because you have been – the Grizzlies have been – they have been climbing year in and year out. I think 
Adams and Clark's absence will affect them later in the playoffs, but not in the first round because they're ready for this match. There's a reason why Dylan Brooks said, I want LeBron because we want we want to make him lose two play, playoff rounds in the first round. We want to do that. Dylan Brooks is ready. You better mm-hmm. believe he's ready for that match. Calm it down. You Calm better it believe down. Dylan Stop. Brooks is ready. Stop. Now, no, you're, listen. You're, not, you're not convincing talk, anyone with this tone the, of voice. Well, listen, That's Dylan good. Brooks is that guy. Yes, respect. Huh? He, he is that. He is that. He is that guy. To, he, he is that guy to throw a monkey wrench in everything that you're trying to do because he's that guy who'll get kicked out of a game. He's that guy who'll get a technical <laughs> foul, which will change momentum in the series. He's that guy. Don't make it sound like. Don't forget. Like and uh, no, don't forget. He's, he's also the kind of guy, guy that would just chuck up a shot for no reason. A shot yes. there, like, oh my god, yes. Dylan Brooks, why would you do that? Yeah, yes, that guy too. Say, don't forget that. But I say in with the new and out with the old because. The Kings versus the Warriors, three versus six. The Kings are plus 220, the biggest top three seed underdog in the last 35 years. I'm thinking about the storylines in the series. Mike Brown versus Steve Kerr. Mm -hmm. Underdog team versus established dynasty. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm going with the Kings in seven, goddammit, mm. because regular season continuity matters. I do believe it. That's I got it. Like, hey, hey, that's what hey, it sounds like, Drew. You're like, all welcome. Like trying to, he boys, like you're all welcome me. because I called his ass out. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he was disheartened by the response that it received, and now he had to convince himself, no, I can't do this. I that's can't what it like. That's what it sounds like. This, this, this is what happened. Trying to convince us. This what happened. This what happened. Oh, what gee, I'm going like, to tell all you guys a story right now, right quick. Yes, sir. There are some times when things first happen, you look at it and kind of kind of take a step back a little bit, mm-hmm. right? That was me with dogs when I was little. I used to be very scared of dogs. But as I grew, I started to you know pet them and, and get more friendly with them. And now mm-hmm. dogs love me. Right. When I first oh saw the God, Kings and Warriors sick. matchup, right. I was scared of the Warriors. This is an established dynasty. This is a team that, that just won a championship. Mm-hmm. But then I locked myself in a closet where I have my film on my computer, a lot of 80s stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching the film closely, <laughs> eyes glued onto the onto the screen. And mm-hmm. I watched the Kings and Warriors matchups. They've had four matchups this year. The last one didn't really matter. I think the, the, the two in the middle were the ones that mattered to me the most. Mm-hmm. And it was 1-1. And in the first game, the Kings dominated the game, the, the most of it. But the, the Warriors are like the Chiefs of the NBA. They can play sluggish for 45 minutes. They can look out of it for the entire game. But then all it takes is that one offensive possession, mm-hmm. those that three-minute stretch for the Warriors to just win. You could win the entire game, the, but the Warriors win the last two minutes, and they win. And that's why they're so scary. Mm-hmm. But I was watching the film. And I said, you know what? I trust the Kings. I like the Kings. They've played together all year long. Continuity like that matters to me. Andrew Wiggins coming back. We'll see if it's on a minutes restriction. Gary Payne the second. He's coming off of injury. And I look at the matchups, really. And home court advantage matters. The Warriors are 11-30 and 30 on the road. Mm-hmm. The only teams that were worse were the Pistons, Rockets, and Spurs. The Kings were an okay home team, but they're better on the road. They're 25 and 16 on the road, the mm-hmm. best road record in the NBA. And the Kings on the road have the eighth best defensive rating. The Warriors on the road have the 28th best defensive rating. They're one of the worst defenses on the road in the NBA. These are the key matchups I look at. Turnovers. Warriors are 30th in turnovers per game at 15.7. Mm-hmm. The Kings get in transition at the third highest rate and are ninth in points per possession in transition. And in the fourth quarter... Listen, Steph Curry, it's hard to bet against Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. But with the Kings, I have the clutch player of the year, De'Aaron Fox. I have De'Aaron Fox, who Mm -hmm. at least this year, 
when we talk about fourth quarter, Warriors versus Kings, the Kings have been better in the fourth. I think mm-hmm. every game this series will be close, and I trust the Kings to close out these games more. The Sacramento mm-hmm. Kings, the underdog Kings, I trust them. And mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's about time, OG, that somebody puts an end to this dynasty. It's mm-hmm. about time somebody puts a goddamn hammer with the mm-hmm. nail and nails this dynasty shut. And why not the goddamn Kings? I do why think not you, the Kings? I, I, I do think you're onto something, only except I don't think it's going to be these guys. That's the that, that's the that's the under, that's the, under, that's the, the part that I'm, it, I'm, I'm not getting. But keep going. I'm sorry. War, after the Warriors lose, we're not sure what's happening with Draymond. I mean, Draymond has been the glue, man. If he goes, mm-hmm. I think this is actually shut. I have... The Kings and seven. I think home court's going to matter. I think both teams take care of home court. And if not, I think both teams will steal one on the road. It's going to seven. And I have the Kings and seven, the bean team. I have them at home in front of their fans. The playoff <laughs> tickets are so expensive to get into. I have them winning this game. I would normally look sick. I would I, I would normally I would normally say in, in this particular situation about a road team that's bad, but sec just so you know, Sacramento is basically Jersey City to trend. It's right there. It's not that far. So it's not, it's almost a home game for the Warriors. It's not that big a deal for them. That's number one. Number two, with the Sacramento Kings having the number one offense in the game, and I think they play at number two in the league in pace. Well, the Golden State Warriors know for a fact we can't get into we can't get into that kind of fast game with them the entire game. These guys are gonna run us out of the arena. So what are the Warriors gonna do? The Warriors Steve Kerr does a great job at making you defend in stretches. We all know that the Sacramento Kings are not a very good team defensively. So what we're going to do is we're going to make these guys defend. We're going to make them defend in stretches. What that's going to do, that's going to slow their transition game down. Well, when it slows their transition game and makes them play more in half court, that's going to help us out because now what we're going to do when we stop them, we're going to speed the game up. And when we speed the game up, that's going to get them off balance. And that's going to help us out tremendously. So when we get late into the series, I much I favor more experience than I favor youth. Because I've still I, I go back to the 2012 NBA Finals when I think about how good the Oklahoma City Thunder were. And I'm thinking to myself, can you give me the last time a team that was headed by kids won the NBA championship and I couldn't do it. So I feel the same way with the Golden State Warriors. As long as they can keep this series close and they can keep these guys slowed down as opposed to getting into a track meet with the Sacramento Kings, I think for I think for certain that the Golden State Warriors are going to beat them. So when you talk about a guy like Draymond Green, Draymond Green doesn't have to be great. No, he doesn't have to be great offensively, but he does a great job in moving the basketball. They do a great job in keeping you on the defense. Sabonis, he's going to also be a guy that they're going to target with their with their offense, making him play defense, which is going to keep him off the backboard nearly as much as, he, as, as, as they would like him to be. So there are guys like that that are going to help them. So when I think about the Golden State Warriors, I think that they could very well outsmart them, and I think Steve Kerr could outcoach Mike brown i think you make a lot of valid points i'd combat that by saying this the king's half court offense is one of the best in the nba Mm -hmm. so i think even if they play a slow down game in the half court the kings will be fine because offensively they're great in transition they're great in the half court and they run the same offense as the warriors these split cuts and when that doesn't work they just give it to sabonis in the post Mm -hmm. I i just feel like This is going to be a special series. I think everybody on the Kings is going to shoot the lights out of the ball. Kevin Herter, Keegan Murray, Malik Monk off the bench. I think all these guys are really going to come to play and really going to show out. And Mm -hmm. and Because I think this is a chip on their shoulder. And I trust Mike Brown to 
diagnose a defensive game plan in the series. You know, he he made a lot of adjustments in the Warriors finals run last year, and he was very stout in that. And who knows the Warriors better personnel wise than Mike Brown, who's been there for the last couple of years. Rev, you don't like that, huh, Rev? My, my biggest concern, <laughs> my biggest concern is Sabonis and drop. I think Sabonis, there was too many times when I watched their games and matchups this year where Sabonis is too late to Steph Curry on these screens. That, to me, is worrisome. And even when you play up on Steph Curry, it just opens up the floor for everybody else. So defensively, I think there's a lot of question marks for sure. But the Kings defend well in stretches. In the fourth quarter, they're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. So I think that they'll take this series. Riv, I know you want to go. I know you want to go. But what I have to do, what I have to do might be nasty. And yeah, it might qualify the, me for the, for the say, nasty award of the year. I just, just want to say this is the greatest flip he's ever done. And you know what? I'm glad <laughs> it's not a flip. It's not a flip. This man told me yesterday. It's not a flip. Riv, before you go, I'm Just yesterday, Riv? Like, not last week. No, it was not, two not days ago. ago. It was two days ago. It was two days ago. Riv, Riv, I'm so happy that you did this because I have something to read. Ultimately, my teams that come out of the West are the Suns or Nuggets. At the end of the day, I'm going to be right by picking Golden State. Because when we tally up at the end of the playoffs, who was right the most? Y'all not going to give me my brownie points for picking the Kings. You're just going to say I was wrong. I'd rather be right. And based off the matchups I saw this morning, it's just going to be very difficult for the Kings to win. I'm a film watcher, and my picks are based on film. I believe the young people call those receipts right there. So That's a receipt. That's a receipt. Listen, I want to get OG's perspective on this. OG, that was sent three days ago. You told me you watched the film you and the film told what you, you Golden State. Can I not rewatch the game? Can I not rewatch the film again? Can I not rewatch games? Can I not rewatch games and look at stats and try to make my opinion like that? Look, you have John I did not hold, hold up. For, Flip his I did not, I did not know. Look at him. I did not know. John's gonna have a stroke. I'm gonna give John a stroke. That's what you're I did not know that you're not allowed to change your pick before series started. If the series had started and I'm like, I got the Kings, I agree with you. It hasn't started yet. I am allowed to change my opinion all I want. If I want it tomorrow, before I wake up before the series, I want to bet on Warriors, I'll do that. You might pick somebody, Joe. Okay, enough of the flip-flop, Joe. Pick somebody. Pick I'm picking the Sacramento Kings, the beam team. That's who I'm picking. <laughs> Listen, go ahead, go ahead, man. I just, I just need to make sure. I need to make sure the receipts were out. You so sure you're not going? You sure you're not going to bet on the Warriors tomorrow and not tell us until they win? And they'd be like, I'm probably will. Well, no, it'll be, it'll be seconds before the ball's about to go up. Seconds before the ball's about to go up. Warriors in six. Listen, and he closes out Twitter. It's, it's not even worth it to bet on the Warriors. It's not even worth it. You're not going to get anything for your money. They're like minus two hundred. That's a fact. Rev, do you want to go or do you want me to just continue? You, you John's gonna go. have a jo John's gonna have a stroke. You can bro. go. Oh, now, you go right go. now. So when one of your disciples <laughs> is having a coronary, that's when you know you got an issue. So for me, for me, for me personally, Joel, you said a lot of great things about the Kings. I'm with you. One of the best offense, the best offense in the league, both point, mm -hmm. points per game, offensive rating. You mentioned the tempo. OG, they play at extremely fast pace. They know they have this offense down to a science. It's Sabonis so controlling the offense, really getting everybody involved, and then come fourth quarter time, it's De'Aaron Fox time. He takes over. That's a reason why that's going to be one of my all-NBA players. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it's the Golden State Warriors. I'm sorry. I hear myself echoing. Is someone listening to me talk? Or is that no, just me? Not. No. By All the right. way, this was the first matchup, this chart right here. Okay, the Kings thanks. are the purple. Well, while I'm talking, I appreciate no, that. Second matchup. Looks like the Warriors won when it mattered.
That's so, what I'm saying. They're, they're the Chiefs happens. of the NBA. But that's the Kings, will win. The Kings okay. will win when it matters in the okay. playoffs. That's why right. one team has a 16-year drought and the other has 4-9 and nine because when they win when it matters. They okay, have the so Air Fox, maybe. To, to, to okay. continue. Yes, the Kings had the most points per game offensively. Number two. <laughs> The Golden State Warriors. Now, another thing you didn't mention, because all you mentioned was offense, offense, offense. They're going to knock down shots nonstop. What you didn't mention was how poor their defense is. They're 24th in defensive rating. And where the Warriors have not been this a stout defense that we've seen, that, that we've known the Warriors to be over these, these years of them being the dynasty, that's also in due part to Andrew Wiggins not being around. Now Andrew Wiggins is cleared. Yes, you mentioned the minutes restriction. We'll see what's going on. It wasn't due to an injury, I don't believe. So now it's, it's just going to be a matter of getting himself back acquainted with the team. So, and especially if he's going to be off the bench, it's going to be very interesting to see what Golden State does with Andrew Wiggins himself. But regardless of that fact, we you you said it very perfectly about the the – the Grizzlies and the Lakers that this is, this isn't the regular season. This is the playoffs. And I just feel like, you know, you just need to be a little bit more reversed because I agree with that in this sense where it's the playoffs where that's why come playoff time, I'm going to ride with LeBron and AD come playoff time. I'm just going to have to ride with golden state, understanding that they're the more experienced team. OG says it every time he's here until somebody knocks them off. It's hard to count them out. Of course, I'm with that same belief. The golden state warriors simply are too good. And I believe that offensively that yes, the Kings are the better offense statistically, but offensively, the Warriors can keep up. And defensively, I'm taking the Warriors. Well, defensively, the Warriors have been great at home, but they've been one of the worst on the road. The Kings at home have been bad defensively. They've been great on the road. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like the same thing flipped. No, it is. Do the Kings have Draymond Green. No, no, no. That's that's my do time. The, do the Warriors I'm have Demontis Sabonis? I was gonna say, Riv, Riv, you've no. been patient. No. Go ahead, no. cook up. Do the Warriors have Keegan Murray? Enough. The best rookie Enough. shooter in history of the NBA. Enough. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Enough, please. Enough. Kevin Herter can outmatch Clay Stop. Thompson's production. Stop. Be serious. Kevin Horder, is Kevin Horder going to play as good as Jordan Poole, Riv? That's yeah, good as Mike, bro. He'll be better. He'll be better. Listen. Malik Monk will be better than Jordan Poole. his mic. Malik Monk will be better than Jordan Poole. Mute his mic. Good God, mute his mic. Listen. Enough's enough. This shit, the jig is up. It was a nice storyline. It was a cute season. Drew, you mentioned that you said something very – you said they haven't been – you said something that was interesting to me. They haven't been the same team as they have been before. I disagree. I just think they've been inconsistent because I think if you look at what they've been yeah. at home, they've been a top de- elite defense at home. They've been an elite offense at home. They've been just great at home and then on defense, flip side. So I think that's more towards inconsistency, which is it's – not, it's not common to see a team with this much experience – being consistent even like you said Wiggins missed time but I've been watching this team all year they was doing that shit before Wiggins went down so this has been a recurring thing from start to finish they've just been inconsistent but the one thing you you hope for this team is the experience makes them flip it and turn it on I look at this series and this is all trolling aside I think the Kings are a really good team I think offensively they give a lot of team fits. They run the same stuff that Steve Kerr runs. And we know about the Steve Kerr offenses. It's one of the hardest things to defend if you don't have the right personnel. And that is the problem in this series. I think that's what Joel's not looking at. The the right personnel to guard a Steve Kerr system, the Warriors have. The Kings don't. And that's the problem. Steve Kerr has bodies. It may not have shown in the statistics this year, but Steve Kerr has bodies. He has GP. He has DiVincenzo. He has Wiggins. He has Kaminga. He has literally our era's defender in Draymond Green. And when you have those five guys, 
that's a tough task. And then on the other side, the Kings just don't have enough bodies. Davion Mitchell is a really good defender. He's six two. Like, and even his Steph offense Curry, is limited. Steph Curry, six three. Steph, I understand what you're saying. But Steph Curry can easily get a switch off him, see Sabonis, and drop. And Sabonis is just doesn't have the foot speed to keep up in those pick and rolls. And I think that's going to be a serious issue. You mentioned that, that stat. You 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 finally watched those three games. I've been watched those three games, so I've been ahead of the curve before you. I, I've seen those three games already. Here, and man. what I think was brave. Like, that was rude. What that I was see, unnecessary. What I, because I watched this team. I watched them. So I've been no, ahead no, of the so, curve. So, Riff, how about you tell me in the third I'm matchup, the Kings won. In the I'm second matchup, the to. Kings were leading the entire game. And what happened? And the Kings, Experience when Kevin Herter out, right? shot, no, when Kevin Herter shot a game-time three-point shot, Clay wow. Thompson fouled him, and they did not call it. You remember that, don't you? So you're you remember that. Wait, wait, they fouled him. Wait, 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 Joel. What? Let's stop. Let's stop with excuses. Kevin Herter was going to make a shot. You know that. The Kings, the Kings were great for second quarters <laughs> and third quarters. What happened in the fourth quarter when it really mattered? What team showed you that? What do you when mean? The lights are bright? I have the graph. They barely, stop. They barely stop. outplayed them in the fourth quarter. I don't want to see this graph quarter. anymore. I they don't want to see it anymore. Drew, can you handle this graph? Drew, can you handle this graph, Drew? You have to know. Can you handle this graph? No, Drew, no. Drew, can you handle this graph right the here? The Warriors were better for this much. The, the Kings Warriors, were better the entire fourth. What are you talking about? The Warriors were better. About? The Warriors you were better when it mattered. Like that. And that's the most important part. You, this team is. You mean when the refs mattered? They ah, oh, now you want to the refs called BS fouls. I I understand. Like, you know like, what, Joel, like Joel, pull up the graph one more time. Just one more time, bro. Really, please. I delayed it. Thank God. You deleted it. <laughs> what are you doing, John? What are you doing, John? <laughs> good, good, good I think I think though, um, like OG mentioned though, this isn't a, a, a typical road home trip. Like these teams are an hour away from each other. Like they're gonna be fans in Golden State, they're gonna be fans in Sacramento. This is I don't know. The home crowd is gonna be very, very funny. It, it's Sacramento gonna be like, will travel better. I don't know. A team with four rings in nine years tells me differently, but you know what? Whatever floats Bandwagons. Wagons. That means they would travel better. But you know what? Whatever yeah. floats your boat, floats your boat. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I have the Golden State Warriors in six games. I think they steal a game. I think they split right here in Sacramento. I think they go back. Golden State handles the business at home two games. I think they lose game five in Sacramento. And Golden State ultimately ends it in game six. I feel like offensively, and defensively, Andrew Wiggins coming back is going to be huge. This isn't a regular. Absolutely. He's coming back and he's had injuries. No, this is just... He's coming back. He didn't get hurt. So the, the, obviously the stamina isn't going to be there right away, but there should be no lapse in the defense. He knows the system. This is a guy, Steve Kerr and Mike Brown. I understand people want to love the chess match, but Steve Kerr knows everything Mike Brown's going to throw at him. Same, Mike Brown, likewise. Yeah, Mike Brown knows everything Steve Kerr. The difference is Steve Kerr has an equalizer. Steve Kerr has the arguably the, the, the top, a top three player of his generation. Steve Kerr has Steph Curry, a man who has no, no weakness in his game, there's no counter for him, and the Kings don't have nothing for that. De'Aaron Fox, as great as he is, there is bodies for Steve Kerr to throw at him. There is boxing ones that Steve Kerr uses, two, three zones, three, two zones. Steve Kerr uses a lot of defensive schemes. Boxing one on a great shooting I'm, team. Yeah, boxing just, one's just, not going to be I'm it. Just, I'm just naming things he's used. I'm just naming things. And he stole from Mike Brown. That's Mike Brown. Those Mike Brown stuff. Right. That's he Mike was a defensive coordinator. Yeah. He and, was. And, and I agree with you. And now Steve Kerr has the same pieces with that same playbook. Mike Brown is a defensive coach who pretty much flipped Defense the switch. Stinks. Correct. Pretty much flipped the switch with offense, and now his defense is like, <laughs> but that's just because he doesn't have the personnel. I think the Kings give you they're all defensively. They're just not that good right now. But I think I got the Warriors in six. Now, John, I feel betrayed by you, friend. But go, <laughs> go. 
It's been a great year for the Kings. Their offense <laughs> mismatched for any team. But to act like Mike Brown's going to solve guarding Steph Curry when we've had questions about a guy like Marcus Saul, defensive player of the year, guarding Steph and drop coverage is irresponsible. Shout out to Jordan Davis. I think it's an irresponsible take to not talk about DeMontis Bonus enough. And now he's really hopeless defensively versus Warriors team. But there's also another element to the series. Gary mm-hmm. Payne's probably going to play a lot. I think we're going to see less of Jordan Poole in this matchup. And this Warriors defense of Draymond Green is the best possible matchup for DeMontis Sabonis because the best way to guard Sabonis is playing physical. And you guys like to laugh at me all the time because you can't go right. I made that point before. Sure, that's part of it, but there's not a better big in the game to defend Domas Definitely than that. Draymond's. So, and so if you're going to have Wiggins, I don't think Draymond. I think he's going to come off the bench, probably play 20 minutes. But by the end of the series, Wiggins will be closer to that 30 minute per game shape to expect DeMontis to play at his best when Draymond Green's the other side. And the Warriors just have Steph Curry, who the Kings have no answer for. It's irresponsible to have them win the series. Now, I think they're going to take two games. I also, Riff, had this going to six with the Warriors winning. But there's just – there's no way the Warriors – or sorry, there's no way the Kings can defend the Warriors. But I'm pretty confident the Warriors' defense can keep up with the Kings' offense. We saw last year they, against the Boston Celtics, broke that team apart, and that was the best offense in basketball the second half of the season. And defensively, the Celtics were also the best defense in the second half of the year, and the Warriors broke them apart. And that was with Robert Williams playing on one leg, sure, but Robert Williams is a lot more mobile and a lot better, just a little bit defensively than Domas. So it's been a great year in Sacramento, but I'm afraid this is where it ends, Joel. Listen, John, the reason why people gave you shit about the Sabonis right take is because it was one of the worst takes in human history. You yeah, said that you, you yeah, said you good. said that the, the that the key to stopping the right first ranked play. offense in NBA history is to force their best player, no. or second best player, right. Come on. That's not let's what be I serious. said. OG, OG. The clip, wanna, John, the clip got OG, you. OG, I want to ask you something, right? Because John hey, over well, here put it out there. John over here says that. You know, Draymond, the best possible matchup for Sabonis. I agree, right? I like but you act like Sabonis is helpless. OG, let me rattle you off these numbers in the three matchups this season. Sabonis went for 26, 22, and 8. 19, 14, and 6. 19, 14, and 4. Does that sound like a player that's not playing well? No, it doesn't. It is the playoffs now. I just want you to know that. It's the playoffs, and I think Sabonis will play well that's just in the playoffs. Stats. Yeah, you're, you're 26, out. Just, 26, you're 22, and you're eight. Talking, you're, Are we talking about? Yeah. Okay, can we? No, like, for sure. You, that, that I, I understand Sabonis is not a good defender. He is. He's going to have his moments for sure. He's mm-hmm. the best rebounder in the league against a Warriors team that's small. Sabonis is going to dominate the glass. He had 22 rebounds. He's going to dominate Kevon Looney he's, on the glass. Really? Yes. He's he, yeah. he's done it already. Okay. What are we we'll talking say. about? He's done it already. Sabonis has done. He he had 22 rebounds against them. What are no, we talking you, about? Joel, on that point, I'm with you. I think that's a bonus. So bonus is leading the, the league sure. in, in in rebounds, bro. He he is one of the best facilitators in the NBA at his position. Mm-hmm. I think that you're underselling Sabonis. Maybe 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 the Warriors win, but it's not because Sabonis is gonna wet the bed like you think he is. Agreed. I mean, defensively, he's going to be a problem for them. It'll the same way the, the same way a lineup what? a small ball lineup of Stephen Poole will be a problem for Golden for State. That, for Golden State, it's a problem. In terms of, wait, wait, why would it be a problem? Because Kevin Herter? Because of the actions the Kings run. 
you think that'll be a serious problem? As pro I think that is as a problematic as the Sabonis? Kings. The King. The Kings don't. The Kings right. don't match. The Kings don't match up on. But they're the best offense rate in NBA history for a reason. Their offense yeah. is going to be tough as hell to stop too. It's it's going to be it's going to be a battle of two amazing offenses. Yeah. And it's going to come yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're the best. But who knows the system? The literal Warriors. That's and the plus, system they have. Mike Brown knows it too. He literally yeah, implements it. Different, but what you're what you're not. You're not processing because you're just looking at those regular season games. You're not processing the regular season in the playoffs. There's a switch, a switch the Kings have no ability to switch because they've never been there. You number don't know two, that. Though. Number two, no, you're you assuming don't they don't. Number two, you're assuming number two, they don't. You're, you're, not, you're not processing the fact that the Warriors have literal bodies and the, the Kings do not have bodies to throw at Steph Curry. They don't have any defense. Who do they have? They, yo, Keith is not a body to throw on Fox. I'm sorry, he's not. Keith is not, not somebody I trust on Fox. Gary, he's Gary not. Payton Jr. Payton. Is Gary also, Payton will not. Fox will have his way with anybody. Fox is going to get his. He's the clutch player of the year. Let's respect De'Aaron Fox. You, you've he, been he, disrespecting Fox him for years now. This is his time now. So you better respect Fox. Okay, first of all, first <laughs> of all, you did all that yelling. And I said they have bodies. I didn't say Fox was going to get locked up. I didn't say that one time. <laughs> to make it hard on him is different. Yeah, to make it hard I, on him. I didn't him. say they have bodies. Yeah. You, don't have a body. you don't have a body to stop Steph Curry. Davion so Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox. Look what you're saying. Keegan Murray. Look what you're saying. Keegan Murray's a good defender. What are you talking okay, about? Steph? Keegan, Keegan Murray? Yes. That's going to be the a rookie. Erison Barnes is a good defender. That's, that's, that's the issue. That's the issue. Trey Lyles is going to. Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles. This is a conversation. He's going to play some good minutes. Trey Lyles, Steph Curry. You have. I just think that I, I'm not even. Up. I'm not even thinking about Steph Curry one on one. I'm just thinking about how that offense is constructed and how it's ran. I just think that a lot of action off the basketball that's going to wear down the Kings. It's just the bonus. particularly one guy, and if the bonus is going to be in drop coverage, when he's when he's in drop coverage against Draymond Green, and Draymond Green is setting screens, Clay Thompson is cracking the long ball. Steph Curry is cracking the long ball. Jordan Poole is cracking the long ball. That opens up the offense for these guys so much more. So now when 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 Sabonis can no longer be in drop coverage, now that brings him away from the basket and he can't rebound as much. And that's going to be an even bigger problem for Sacramento because they rely on him solely to speed up their to speed up their transition yeah. game because he rebounds and when he's not able to do that, that makes it even more difficult on them. And the Kings have no secondary rim protection if he's out in space. Klay Thompson this yeah. year just made a career high in three-pointers. So in those Jordan Poole minutes, if they go at that death jail lineup, whatever it is, if he's out 15, 20 feet away from the rim, mm -hmm. you, know, you better hope Keegan Murray does that rebound stuff here. Wiggins is a 39% three-point shooter. <laughs> Keegan Murray's going to guard yeah. Steph, too. Uh, listen, no. Joel, I think uh, I'm not going to get as disrespectful as John. I'm not going to get as disrespectful as John because they got a puncher's chance. Number one offense in NBA history. Mm -hmm. I got to give you a puncher's chance in this series. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard for me to look at this series, Kings versus Warriors. It's just a big bro, little bro matchup. That's all this Screaming. is. I that know a lot of people. That was worse than what John said. Really Yo, that, that was, was like, rude. But that's what it that is. That was rude. That's what it is. And not in the sense that the Kings don't have talent. But if you look at this matchup, not only just the Mike Brown connection, obviously both teams in California, just an hour away, how the teams are constructed. Um, but you also have kind of th these two opposites here, right? You have the Kings, which it feels like anything that could have possibly went right for the Kings this season go has right. gone right. You mentioned it. All the continuity. Keegan Murray coming in as a rookie, being the best three-point shooting rookie of all time. Darren Fox being the, the first-time clutch player of the year. So bonus having an all-NBA type season. Everything that could have gone right for the Kings went right. 
And for the Warriors, it feels like damn near everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. You have the Draymond punch in the offseason. You have Steph Curry getting hurt. Wiggins sitting the last 20, 30 games of the season. Um, you know, Jordan Poole being inconsistent compared to last year after you give him this huge contract. So you have basically everything going right for the Kings. The Warriors at this point, everyone's maybe overlooking them a bit down them a bit there's more questions this year for the Warriors team than there has been in previous outside the you know the couple bubble years or, or the playing years that they had at least years they were actually competing for a championship so I look at this team and the veteran leadership that the Warriors had but I think more than anything it's just defensively because I don't know where you're getting your numbers from Joel I do not have a stretch for the Kings at damn near any point in the season I could point at and say this is what I can look at and say the Kings locked up here the on the Kings road, they're eighth in defensive rating. On the road, I think every, defensive rating is such a. I think that's such a game. small margin, man. I, I, I'm not a fan the, of defensive rating as much, legit, man. I'm just I have not. Legit starting five, I could look at no matter what, and they run were out. the run best starting five. That was running out. Best starting five defensive unit in the league, and we know historically they could do that too. So I think that's easily the biggest deciding factor in this, and. It's almost similar to the – almost exemplified, actually, when we talked about the Dallas and Kings series where it's like, I know the Kings get a couple more stops than the Mavericks. I know the Warriors to get a hell of a lot more stops than the Kings. That's why I feel a lot more confident in this series picking the Warriors. The Kings got a chance. They could shoot the lights out, and they could put up 130 a game, and the Warriors just going to you know, have to outshoot them at that point. But I think in a seven-game series, a lot of pressure going to be on the Kings first time make the playoffs in so long. Um, I, I have faith that, you know, the Kings are, are going to make it tight. It's going to be a close series. I think it goes six oh. or seven games. But once you get into that, you know, really do or die situation, how am I going to overlook Steph Curry and the Warriors team? Listen, Dells, I understand why they kicked Screaming. your ass in the finals. Here we go. It makes sense. <laughs> You're a smart dude. You're very non-biased, at least when it, when it doesn't come to the Celtics. So I appreciate that. You made an interesting point. Things have went right for the Kings. <laughs> while things have went wrong for the Warriors all year. That's why I'm going to bet on things continuing to go right for the Kings and things continue to go wrong for the Warriors. I I'm going to bet on that. Listen. And listen, and listen, Drew, I understand you exposed me on Twitter by you know, posting that little, little TikTok clip. I appreciate you for that, brother, because that clip <laughs> made me realize all the Kings fans that were disappointed in me when I picked the Warriors. So they looked at me, and I was like the captain looking at my soldiers. I was the captain. Man, I don't know if I'm ready for this war, but my soldiers were ready to fight. They were and ready I them, you. I looked at my soldiers, and I said, you know what? Let's go fight. And that's why I'm going to fight. And let's Drew, go Kings of Seven. We're going we to win this series, baby. Drew, like before, the beam, baby. Before you go, Drew, I just wanted to say two things. Um, you mentioned the Kings. Like that was, It's very interesting because it just popped into my head. Everything went right for the Kings this year. Everything went wrong for the Warriors. They have four less wins than the Sacramento Kings. They have the worst road record by all playoff teams in the league. They have four less wins than the Sacramento Kings. Joel mentioned something about continuity. I don't even know why he did that with this team because the starting five has been together for a couple years. GP just won a ring with us last year. Kaminga was here. Poole was here. The only new guy that's going to get consistent minutes is Dante DiVincenzo. So the continuity, the continuity part was... Very wild to me because Golden this State season, probably this season. Golden State probably has the best continuity in terms of just guys gelling, guys knowing themselves from left to right, guys knowing themselves like the back of their hand. So, um, but go ahead, uh, Mister Drew. 
Oh, no, I, can't I already I can't, won. You know? oh, you I did? already gave my I already gave my spiel. I have Warriors winning in six games. Uh, I think that, yes, with yes, all due respect to the Kings and what they've been able to accomplish this year, it's a credit to them. The fact that they broke their playoff drought, finally getting in, getting home court advantage, it's a credit to them. What they've done this season is great. But unfortunately, they're, they're just seeing a, a team that has a little bit more experience and a little bit more complete on both sides. Now, before we go on to the next playoff matchup, a quick word from Athletic Greens. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash pickaside. That's athleticgreens.com slash pickaside. Check it out. It's a great comprehensive nutrition solution for $3 a day. Drew, I know it's been helping you a lot recently. I'll tell you what was excellent. I, I actually posted on Twitter about uh, me taking my Athletic Greens this morning, and Athletic Greens responded to me. Oh. It was pretty hard, pretty heartwarming. It felt great to have that acknowledgement. But absolutely, Athletic Greens. Every single day, I take Athletic Greens because I understand that it's beneficial for me, and, and that's really all it comes down to. Now. Hey Drew, really not Drew. Hey Drew, really quick. I just want to let you know because I know you got SGA as a first team All NBA performer. Just so you know, since the decade okay. that I was born, which was in the seventies, it's only one guy who's been first team All NBA and his team didn't make the playoffs, and that's Anthony Davis, and he was an All League defender. I just no, want to put that sure. in your mind. OG, you for know what's sure. crazy, OG? When I tweeted, I said, "There's no way you can put two losers on the All NBA first team." I got hella flack by John. Just saying, he so said, one he said, guy. Dame, Dame this, Dame that, Dame got Dame's, shut down for three weeks. Since, Dame, 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 Dame. Since the decade that I was born, this, this is go. This goes back to Pistol Pete and guys like that that were making first team All NBA. Anthony Davis is the only guy since the decade that I was born to be first team All NBA when he was in New Orleans, and he was also a first team All League defender too. So I'd cook Pistol Pete. I, Why? I, I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it since then. <laughs> Quick. Now, look at just, so just so you know, Pistol Pete would have ate your lunch. I didn't think you was going to hear me because you were oh, talking. No. <laughs> Pistol Pete would have ate your lunch, man. Kill it. So, now, so look, would you have had Curry as the last or as the guy in the first team then? I hate the fact that Jay, I, I, I already mentioned this. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I'm still trying to get a satisfactory answer on why Jalen Brown isn't first team All NBA. Isn't I know the, I, I know Jaylen I know Brown. the whole I know the whole forward logic. Even That's though Jalen Brown plays the two, and he's I played agree. the two, he's always played the two. And I mentioned this in the past. I already went over this before. I don't know if you guys have heard it. There've been eight guys, eight duos since 1979 to be first team All NBA with two guys on the same team. Right? That's Doc and Moses, mm. Magic and Magic and Jabbar, uh, Bird and Mikael, um, Jordan and Pippen. Stockton and Malone, um, Kobe, Kobe and Shaq, and Shaq yeah. uh, Stoudemire and Nash, Ooh. and James and uh, Anthony Davis. That's it. And only one guy, which is Kobe Bryant, averaged 27 and 7 as the number two guy. None of those other guys did. And Jalen Brown, who was 27 and 7 on the team, that got this, they, they forget being second place in the East, they got the second best record in the NBA. I was trying to get a satisfactory answer on why Jalen Brown isn't first team All NBA. OG, you think Jalen Brown has a better season than Donovan Mitchell? I don't think that he's had a better season than Donovan Mitchell because that's one of the guards, no doubt about that. But it's two guards, and I'm trying to think to myself, who else is doing it like that and winning like he's doing? Forward this year, I think that's where I I, that's that's probably where the problem is. That's probably where the problem is because Robbie Williams been in and out of the lineup. Because I'm thinking to myself, yo, the number two, 27 and seven. I mean, Scottie Pippen made first-team All-NBA with Michael Jordan, and he was 17 a game. 
Nasty. I also think SG had a better season. And well, I understand the the Celtics record part, but given the Thunder's expectations, I think what he did was impressive with that team. That's My, exactly what it is, too. And the fact that every single month of the season, he ended up improving his points per game also. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt with that as well. My I mean, perspective. If real he wins quick, tonight, he get it. No doubt. For all they're in the playoffs. It's, it's hard because they're in the playoffs for that reason right there. The I playoffs. think it comes down to who made a larger impact to their team. I think if you take Jalen Brown off the Celtics, they'd still be a close to 51 squad. Mm-hmm. You know, you take Damian Lillard, who had like a top 10, maybe top five season off the Blazers, and they're, they're the like the same thing. Win team. If you take Dame off the team, they're, they're a lot the same of exact, Yeah, maybe. They have played like they're a lot of people. John, they suck with Dame. They suck without. It's the yeah, same yeah, thing. No, no. They have a one-night game. They have a league offense with Dame, top three. What was the record? What was the record? Are they winning or not? They were like a 13 seed, bro. No, they're the first seed for a couple weeks. That was from one month. Don't do that. That was November. With Josh Hart. And then Josh Hart goes to Knicks and you disrespect Josh Hart. No, that was when Josh Hart started tanking from three and they trade him. He couldn't make a shot. Okay. Looking at these super chats, NPC Santos, join playback for the playoffs so you won't miss out on legendary moments with Pick a Side. It takes 60 seconds to make an account. Also, Drew, where's my jersey? Drew, where's the jersey? Santos is going to have to wait till we link back up in the stew. Okay. Paul Murray, I hate that y'all were all right about my Pels losing, but sitting courtside to watch SGA cook was badass. Also, John is the GOAT, and stay cooking, y'all. Fraudulent <laughs> GOAT. Paul yeah, Murray again. I appreciate John giving Omar Khan a shout-out a few episodes back. Khan and Jamar Chase went to the same high school as me. Acri Bishop that? Rummel. When did you do that, <laughs> Thanks yeah. for the oh, donation. Oh, Paul. Steelers and they said, "You know nothing about the Canucks." Ah, okay, 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 okay. Cuba Gabelli, Steelers to a Super Bowl. So, Phoenix has to convert that CP3 money into two of the guys this offseason. If it were possible, I'd try to get a Fred Van Vliet, Brooks, and or Kuzma. First of all, Q, just so you know, Brooks. that money he's on the bench, for, he's on the books for two more years at forty yes, million dollars. That and that contract is toxic. But Fred Van Vliet ain't yeah. it. Fred Van Vliet, you're not cutting because his money's yeah, non-guaranteed. They can't. They can't. Now, Paul Murray, do y'all think Herb Jones could win DPOI? I think no. I think he could. I think he could win it. I think Evan Mobley's going to win it, though. Yeah, not this year. Not this I think year, I, I, he's capable yeah, for sure. I'm not sure yeah. if he'll win it though. But he's if capable. he develops a three point shot, he could win. Hey, hey, uh, Scotty Barnes fan down there, don't let Evan Mobley win uh, DPOI. Oh, shit. why? Because oh, I've never, you. I've never been anti Evan Mobley. Scotty Barnes, in my life. You said Scotty Barnes. I never Mobley. said that. I never oh, said Giannis. That was, that Joel. was Joel. I never said that, that Joel. Joel. I never said that. You said you somebody, somebody, somebody lying. Who, 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 no, no, who no, no, said Joel, 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 You said something Joel. about Scotty Barnes. No, I didn't. No, I, I'll, I can clean it up. I said that I thought that Scotty Barnes was going to take a superstar leap this year oh, because yeah, I cooked. saw I, I was wrong. Yeah. But I never, ever, ever, yeah, don't you ever associate that statement with Andrew Velez. Please. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but isn't that the same thing? Is though? is Giannis not a superstar? If Scotty Barnes takes He's a superstar, the best in the game. Is He's he the best in the game? A superstar makes S- an all NBA right, player. You, you, pre- you predicted Scotty Barnes to be an all NBA player this season. So if anything, you say if anything, <laughs> He's not even more, an all-star. The best the better statement would be like, oh, that's like saying that he could be SGA. Because SGA took that superstar leap. He ended up becoming an all-NBA defender. Never in my right mind did I say that Scotty Barnes would be arguably the best player in the game. I never said that. I said, yes, I said that. Said it, I said he has the potential. I said, you said he has the potential of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I said his play style is similar to Giannis. 
Scotty Barnes' play style is similar to Young Giannis. Yeah, again, I'm going to trust my memory better than I trust okay. yours. Then again, so. then again, you said superstar leap, and he didn't. He was, was an all star. He I was, was one of the worst stars in the league. <laughs> yeah, I I'm admitting it very openly. I was wrong about Scotty Barnes. Year three, we're here. Q Boogie year Belly. Three, we're here. <laughs> this year, eighty average, twenty nine and twenty versus the Grizz. Yeah, yeah, bro. I wanted to get back to that. Xavier Tillman is not holding a D for not a, they're gonna not a second. They're gonna well, listen, well, listen. Gonna this is why this is, this is why tracking matchup data matters because mm -hmm. yes, face value AD had 29 and 20, but versus Xavier Tillman in those matchups, he held them to 36% EFG. Okay, dude, I'm telling you right now, that means not a damn thing to me because in reality, <laughs> you're saying that Jaron Jackson's going to play What's off the sample ball size and Anthony on that? Davis. Do you know how many shots that is? Well, and not only that, how, how often is Tillman on the floor? Because if you're holding him to 36% for 10 minutes or and for those five minutes. played 30 minutes. There's two matchups. Right. So he so he so he played thirty minutes. So that's almost the majority of the game. And one even of those Anthony, most of those without yeah. LeBron. Even though Anthony Davis is still games. going, even though Anthony Davis still going almost thirty and twenty. Well, the thing, the the one thing though for certain is that Anthony Davis does settle for a lot of jump shots when guarded by Tillman. That is right. a fact. AD right. does so settle sometimes. That so that can bring out his efficiency. Mm -hmm. AD needs to go straight to that block and get right in that paint. Fuck all the jumpers. <laughs> we don't got time so for that. I suck toes. What's more likely, Lakers in seven or Knicks in seven? Be absolutely serious. It's Lakers, Lakers in seven. Lakers in seven. Lakers. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Look, 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 look. Look at this dude. Yeah, that dude right there. That's like, that one right there. Look at him. I know you want to say it, Joe. I know you do. <laughs> We're going to wait for it. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Q Bugavelli, shout out to OG Jersey City legend. It's a fact. I don't know if I'm all that, but, oh you know. yeah, best. Oh, that was the dude, OG, that was the dude that asked me about uh Saint, Saint Anthony's. Oh okay. Oh yeah, Legendary. best pod. Who you got? One of you one Tatum or Luca? I heard OG say the '96 Bulls are the best team ever, but the 2013 Heat would beat them? Question mark. What's up with that? 2013 Heat. I, oh, I, I don't know I about never, that one. I never said that the '96 Bulls were the best team ever. In fact, I said that you can make an argument that the Jordan's '92 Bulls were better than that '96 Bulls team. So I never said that. Number one. Number two. 2013 Heat against the '96 Bulls. Ooh, that would be a tough matchup. That would really be a tough matchup, but. James, man, if you gave me the 92 Bulls, I'd have to go with them. But the 2013 Heat, I'm going with them. Lost NBC me. Santos. Lost me, OG. Drew, respect John, hashtag. John, uh, I, I've been wanting to, to address this, bro. It's, it's come to my attention that I've been a little bit rude to you recently. I do want to formally apologize if that is the case. However, welcome to the show, kid, all right? That's all I'm going to say. I'm not soft, so you can make fun of me. Okay, good. Okay, totally brothers. Drew, um, John, that hashtag started on the playback. You know, I, I told, I told the yeah, chat. It started on the playback when you were yapping about, oh, the Wolves are going to win. Oh, da, da, da. Drew, get ready, bro. And then you had to I feel the Lakers are winning that, bro. Hamza Sahal. I can't wait for the Sea Wolves to prove you guys wrong and make the Western Conference Finals. That's the most yeah, dog shit yeah, take I've ever seen. I'm going that far easy. I actually <laughs> had them as a, I, I had them as a top five seed before the season started. We all did. That was working. Let's chill out with them being the West Finals, though. Let's chill out with that. NPC Santos Warriors in five. That's Maybe. possible. Maybe. Football CF Candy Riv, what's the best possible retool for Bulls? Is it Dame? Why the fuck are we retooling? Rebuild. There's no retooling. There needs to be no <laughs> retooling. Enough. Stop. We need to rebuild. Send everybody away. Now, Austin Rich, Cavs over Knicks, easy. Not easy, but it's not, not easy. easy. Let's no, jump right easy. into it 
Samir 60. Riff, thanks for being my hero. Grizzlies and six. <laughs> okay. Casual. NPC Santos, Mr. Flip Aside strikes again. Yeah. It's every Blake Bass. You guys are one of my favorite podcasts right now, and shout out to OG. Thanks, brother. You better Hello. respect, Dells. You learned that from me. Oh. <laughs> You're learning your flip ways from me. And Drew can flip. vouch. Never have, never will. Uh, Drew, Drew can vouch. Drew is Drew's on your ass now about that. I am. I am. <laughs> never okay. have, never will. Now, Robert M underscore 21. Yo, my first super chat. Shout out to that. First super chat. And just wanted to say y'all are killing it with Pick Aside. Love watching you guys every time. Nixon 7. This is a smart man right here. <laughs> Very smart man. Smart Twisted Arcade. Who do you trust more in the playoffs this year? AD, who is a playoff superstar, or JoJo, the likely MVP? I'm going AD. Because I've seen it more. Exactly. AD's in a different role in Embiid, yeah. I feel like. I'll yeah, go AD. I'll go yeah. AD. Now, this is from Aiden Ramirez. I don't think a playing team is going to the finals. Sorry, Drew. Oh, well, get ready for history. First time ever. Get ready for history. Yeah, no way. <laughs> now the last super chat, JK Felly four nine nine. If you want to put in a comment, we'll have John start so we can read it, so you can get your money's worth off that. Now, next playoff matchup, we're going to the Eastern Conference, the Bucks versus the winner of the Heat and Bulls. Is what? it? Do what? we just do we just do skip we really over need this? to get into this? No, we don't four. need to. First of all, first of all, hold on. Demar gonna get one, so let's 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 face some respect. Ah. All right, I you know what you're you're I apologize because in my notes I have five, yeah. but for 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 show purposes I did four. Demar so gonna get one. Demar and Levine. Little, no. little Levine's gonna get one. Just, just so just so, just just so you know, last year that Middleton got hurt. That's why he got that one. Or, or, or this OG, year, OG, or your man Giannis kept getting cooked in the, uh, down the stretch because Demar was just hitting with midi after midi after mm-hmm. midi after right. midi after midi. Right. Remember he that? did do, yes, he did yeah. do that. No, but that no, wasn't that, that. that that's a fact. That is no, a fact. It wasn't that. it wasn't countered by Middleton earlier in the well, game, though. DPOI stop that, somebody. That, that's yeah, he do. Yeah, that, 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 that I can't fight. Somebody. I will not fight. We know we know we know the Bulls yes, don't do. have a chance. They never did, they never will. They didn't have a chance. Never will will is painful, but Bulls right. are winning tonight. <laughs> the Bulls are winning tonight. Bulls are winning tonight. I think it's it's just cool for us to just get this series out of the way that we feel like aren't going to be very competitive. And let's talk about the best Eastern Conference matchup last. So next matchup, Hawks and Celtics. I mean, is there a way Trey Young? Celtics you know, goes... should comfortably whip their ass. This one, I mean this Yo, one. You do. Here's, the, here's the thing, though. You do. I know on paper what it looks like. But, you know, Jason Tatum's production goes down against the Atlanta Hawks. It goes down. Not only twenty six this year against them. Yeah, his his production goes down against the Atlanta Hawks, and and Atlanta Hawks could make this interesting depending on the health of Robert Williams because we've seen what Clinton Capella is on the glass, right? We've seen what John Collins is on the glass. I think that they could make. I think they can make from the just from the the defensive end. I think they can make this interesting in terms of a sweep. I'm not gonna. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I do think they can make this interesting. Make yo, yo, OG choking up. OG choking up. You don't know he tried to What I'm saying is that I do think that Atlanta is more competitive than you guys think. Okay, that. okay, for sure. Now, I mean, listen, I, John, you can go. You can go. I know Celtics fans are all high and mighty after this regular yeah. season, but this Hawks team has room protection. Hawks and seven. Thin. And on Yucca, I've got the Hawks taking a game here, and it's going to be a competitive five <laughs> game. Seri- they they've don't got, play serious defense. They've they got really a healthy don't. team, like last, unlike last year, where John Collins is healthy. Clint's looking good. He looked great, forty-two percent rebounding percentage. Just the Miami yeah. Heat, and also Trey Young looked unselfish in that playing game. 
versus the Heat. If he's playing off the ball more and relegating to DeJounte and DeAndre Hunter, this could go to six games maybe. Now, the Celtics are still going to win, but it's not going to be a sweep. Is is DeAndre Hunter the Tatum stopper? Because what's going on? Why is his production dropping? Maybe. I guess so, yeah. (laughs) Listen, Dallas, I'm going to be honest. That's not the offensive mind. When I think about these Atlanta Hawks, man. We are talking about this. These Atlanta Hawks. These Atlanta Hawks, I don't know if you know this, but they go 500, then lose. They go 500, then yep. lose. They win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. That's been, the, that's been the story all along, all season, which means they'll lose game one, they'll win game two, they'll lose game three, they'll win game four, they'll lose game five, <laughs> they'll win game six. And, and lose listen, game seven? I, yeah, I got. I have the Celtics, man, in seven. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Now oh. I'm playing. Listen, I, I want to say it. I'm not going down this rabbit hole. I, no I want to <laughs> respect the Hawks, though, because since Quinn, Quinn Snyder has taken over, they have the fourth best offense in, in the NBA, and it's mostly due to just him making quicker decisions. Trey Young is more comfortable making decisions now, and he just made the offense more simpler. This is a great offensive team. Their defense sucks, though, and that's the big Achilles heel here. I think there'll be a game where the Celtics don't shoot well from three because that's always, you know, there's always variance in that. The Hawks are playing well and clicking offensively. So I have the Hawks winning a game. I think it's Joel, so we played, we played the Hawks record, three Gales. times. We played the Hawks three times. We won all three games. We was it before Quinn Snyder? 28%, 29%, and 22%. Dells. Please, please move on. Dells. Yeah, this conversation is way too long. The Hawks in year got swept in the playoffs. I'll be honest. If the, if the Celtics don't dog walk the Hawks, you're not going to the finals. This is embarrassing. Agreed. Yeah, you, the, you if the to, Celtics want to go yeah. to the finals, it should be a four-game yeah, series. You need to set four games. Get ready for the Celtics. Matter of fact, I don't know. Wait, how many? How many Dells? How many games are? All of them are nationally televised, right? Celtics trolling. I don't know. Yeah, we know Tatum's not very good in those this year. So he's gonna have a stinker in there, and the Hawks are gonna win that game. DeAndre Hunter, stopper. And I'm a big Tatum fan, as you guys know. I'm a huge Tatum fan. But so now, 76ers versus the Nets. Come on, this is another one who Philadelphia should. This smoke is a better chance to go to the six re- than the fucking Celtics. One. Crazy. Actually, no, the Hawks are a better team than the Nets. Okay, first of all, that was that was crazy. One has Trey Young, one has Mikael Bridges. Let's be right. serious. Well, Let's first of all, Mikael Bridges. Yes, I trust the Nets defensively more. Their personnel. If you look at that Brooklyn team, Brooklyn has what. If you, Brooklyn has what Philadelphia has, but the difference is, is that they got a bunch of guys who can keep the game close. They don't have anybody who can push you over the top. Yep. Philadelphia, on the other hand, actually has that, and that's going to be the difference in that series. They don't have one guy; they have two. Now, James Harden, I think he's in a position this year where he's got to show it because he's been with Joel Embiid all year. See, last year he only had Joel Embiid for half the season, so we got a small sample size of what they look like. We saw what he looked like this year, the entire series. Now we have to elevate that legend. By going by doing it in the playoffs and doing it at a high level, I think they handle. I think they handle Brooklyn in five games tops. I'm with that. I think this is a four game series. I think this is a sweep. Me too. The Nets just don't have enough firepower. They're below 500 since the trade deadline. They're just not a very good team. They would have been a playing team had it not been for Kyrie and KD winning so many games for them early on. And the Sixers are one of the one of the three teams that rank top ten in offensive rating and defensive rating. So. They're a top offensive and defensive team. And an interesting stat I found is that Mikel Bridges, while he's averaging 27 points per game in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. 84% of his baskets have been assisted. So he, okay. he needs a point guard. Well, that's been off the basketball. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Which, which is interesting score. because I thought, given his offensive production, mm-hmm. it'll mostly be more so ISO-reliant. 
but yeah. he's somebody who's really been coming off of actions and, and sets and, and getting his points. But that, that also like keeps his uh keeps him for energy. That that saves your energy. Yeah. Stuff. Like you don't have to work as hard. Yeah. And the Nets, this is also an interesting stat. They're nine and one when they hit 15 or more threes. They're four and fourteen when they don't. Damn. Yeah, they have to have much isolation creation. Maybe yeah. they don't have just down the stretch. They got a, other team has Embiid, Harden. It's just four games. No love for Claxton, Joel. What happened? This is with your man's all season long, and I haven't heard a word from the last two months. He can't do anything. I just talked about him in, in a defensive teams episode. I think Claxton is amazing. Um, I think that he's going to get into foul trouble this series, and the, the Nets don't have a backup big, so that's going to hurt them. And that's why I think the Sixers got this easily. But Claxton has been amazing. He's one of the one of the one of the players that took a, a big leap this year. He took a major Riv, leap. Rev lots against. We just better than y'all. That's why we're gonna beat y'all. There's no schemes. There's nothing else. That we just better than y'all. Period. Yo, because OG, like, what are we doing here? Like, we're like, what's up? Like, y'all, y'all like four y'all. minutes on Celtics. Hall. Like Philly, 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 and the Celtics. They want to win championships. You want to be chip teams, right? So you right. need to go in there and whip these teams' asses. Like, what are we yeah. doing here? Like, this ain't we, no why, joke. we just better than y'all. Ain't no reason why we should be hanging around y'all being yeah. for five. Unless it's close. Six, like this seven, next yeah. one, we go. The next one we're gonna talk about. It, this is the one that's really going to get to it, you know, but these other ones, I'm not watching. Really. Now, this is the most interesting series in the Eastern Conference playoffs and possibly the entire playoffs. I think the third most. I think it's mm-hmm. Kings, Warriors, Grizzlies, Lakers, and Knicks, Cavs. Cavaliers versus the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, this is a tough matchup. I'm going back and forth. You know, I, I first had the Cavs Shocker. in six. I, I had the Cavs in six at first <laughs> because, listen, man, Julius Randle ankle injury – is concerning. I don't know how he's going to play in the playoffs. I want to trust Julius. I really do. I, I want to trust him. I, I have his jersey, and I bought it for a reason. I just don't know what to expect, man. I really don't. I think that in this series, a big-time matchup is going to be on the boards, rebounding Mitchell Robinson versus Jared Allen. I think that's going to be big in this series, just the rebounding, because the Knicks get a lot of second-chance points, so we need to, to win the glass battle. And Okoro versus Brunson, that's going to be the matchup, and I think Mobley's going to play help side and stuff. Rethinking this series, because I did change my mind on this series, I have the Knicks in seven games. I have the Knicks winning this series. Ooh, in Cleveland? Winning in Cleveland? Ooh. Yeah, and if it's not in seven, I have them winning in six. Because as good as the Cavaliers are, I respect the Cavs. They've had a tremendous season And this could be the series where Mitchell does what he does usually in the playoffs. Evan Mobley shows everybody he's a star. So does Darius Garland. But I look at the Knicks. I think Jalen Brunson can match anybody's production in a series. I think Jalen Brunson has already shown me he can outplay Mitchell in a series. I don't think Okoro can guard him at all. Not even a little bit. And when we talk about the Utah Jazz perimeter defense versus the Cavs perimeter defense, what's really the difference? It's a Kuro. But really, is a Kuro that significant of a defender over like someone like Royce O'Neal? I don't really think so. I think Jalen Brunson is going to dominate this series. I think he's going to be a really great player. And really, this series just comes down to Julius Randle playing well. If Julius Randle plays at an all-star level, at his all-NBA level, we <laughs> are winning this series. Because ultimately, our starting lineup can match the Cavaliers. We can. Quentin Grimes, he's one of the better defenders in the league. He can guard Mitchell. He can guard Garland. But then our bench is just so much better. We have Emmanuel quickly, the sixth man of the year. 
We have Isaiah Hartenstein. We have Butter. Josh Hart. We, we have can stop um, there. <laughs> yeah, I know. After that, it gets a little muddy. But, you know, Obi Toppin could give you some Obi. spot minutes, I guess. But we have just better depth all around. And I think in those minutes where the Cavs are going to have to rely on Karis LeVert off the bench to really do something, we can, we can win those minutes. And I think in the clutch, Jalen Brunson has just shown me to be such a clutch demon. He's been one of the better clutch players in the league. I feel like the Knicks should win. And an X factor is R.J. Barrett because R.J. Barrett, although he's averaging one of the most inefficient 20 points per game this year, I mean, if we get Brunson and Rando all-star level and we get Grimes defending and hitting threes and we get R.J. Barrett playing well, how do we not win this series? You sound like a true Knicks fan here. He's back. It's the first time we've seen him all season. We missed you. What you got, John? Uh, Real talk. I seen John over there seething. <laughs> John, 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 are we going to be on the same side today? Like, is this today we're going to be on the same side? Or no, you, oh, no we're not. Okay. He's a Julius Randle. Disrespect is coming. It's a Julius Ex- Randle hater. Disrespect. Expect nothing from Julius Randle in the series. Wow. I'm not even saying that to be like, <laughs> kind of like joking around. He's coming off an ankle injury. Going to have Evan Mobley guarding him, and he's already a guy that against John Collins played very poorly in the playoffs. I think his weaknesses are going to shine this series versus the Cavaliers defense. That is a lot better than anything he's faced. And coming off injury, it's going to come down to the Knicks bench. I mean, this Cavaliers bench, it's really bad. It's hideous. I mean, talking about Danny Green and Ricky Rubio, two older veterans coming off torn ACLs that haven't given them much this year. I think this Knicks bench is going to add in such an infectious spark. And what it really comes down to is Donovan Mitchell. We've seen the playoffs him wear down. Last year, he came in out of shape for Utah, but this year was different. And we've seen him buy him more defensively. And I really think while this may sound oversimplified, it's going to be Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland being the better duo than Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. While I think Brunson can play and definitely can match what Donovan Mitchell is going to do, this is also going to be a huge series for Darius Garland, who can do so much off the ball. And I think for Cleveland, while they don't have anything off their bench, in the first round of the playoffs, they're going to be okay. They'll get by. I'm a lot more worried about their depth in the second round. But for now, I think this Cleveland backcourt, what they have in the front court, shit, Evan Mobley might have his breakout right here. In the corner for you to watch. But we are on the same side, John. Listen, I know that it doesn't matter much because Durando played great against the Hawks in regular season and played poorly in the playoffs. Last matchup he averaged, he he had 36 and 13 against the Cavs. And Um, can I go? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, (laughs) this whole Jalen Brunson outperformed Donovan Mitchell. He did. I'm not saying it didn't happen. But you love you like to really string that along. You know, you you just like to say that and forget previous years of what Donovan Mitchell has holding done. Holding on, it's like so you're holding hard. that for dear life, and hold, it was obvious yep. Donovan didn't want to be there anymore. Um, but like John said, D. Mitch came in this year very motivated. He came in back to his defensive ways to a degree. He's been a good defender. You mentioned Utah. What's really the difference? That was just casual alert. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell give you extreme effort on the defensive end. And the difference is the backbone. The backbone of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley makes this defense a uh, – uh, what's the word I want to use? A, a defense that can travel from regular season to the playoffs. The difference between Utah is it could not travel. But when you have Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, you have your guards giving maximum effort. You have Okoro, who is a good defender. It can travel. Now, the bench on the Cleveland – is horrible. It, it is not a good bench. It's really bad. And I think that's where the Knicks, like I agree with you, the Knicks do have the edge def- uh, on the bench because defensively, quickly, and Grimes gives you a lot heart too. Offensively, they also give you that same thing. But the thing with Cleveland is 
they're starting five. Like we talked about it before, how, like Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell can pretty much offset a lot of what some of those bench players can do together. And I, I agree with John. I think this is the breakout series for Darius Garland. It has to be. I think when you have Donovan Mitchell, you pretty much, based off what history has shown you, you know what he's going to do come prime time. He's going to give you that 34 to 35 points. He's going to give you those big games. But Darius Garland, I think, is the X factor. I think off ball, on ball, the way he sets the table for his bigs, the way he comes in and he's off the ball shooting the ball, he has to be damn near perfect because Don, they're going to zone in on Donovan Mitchell. And for them to zone in on Donovan Mitchell is going to open up the floor for Darius Garland. And he's the point guard. He's the shooter. He has to come and he has to perform. Evan Mobley is also another one that has to make Randall comfortable at all times. He has to make sure Julius Randall has a bad series. But this is this was tougher than I thought because the Knicks bench is just so good. You know, they they really give you that energy. They come up, they come off the bench with that vibe, that energy. They spark it up. And then when they're home, that crowd gets into it. It breathes new life into this team. Jalen Brunson is going to come and perform. We know that. I, I still got the Cavs. I think the Cavs went in seven. You know, I, I, I said five on Twitter troll purposes seriously though i have the Cavs in seven i think this is probably one of the toughest series to predict because the and for me personally speaking from the Cavs, you want to be in that milwaukee conversation you want to be in that boston conversation you can't lose this series it's more pressure on them than the knicks i think if you want to walk into that conversation of we built this team together because we want to be one of the elite teams in the league you cannot lose this series you have to kind of set the table and make yourself known like yo we are here we are ready we're going to be more better. You cannot lose a series. So I think it's more pressure on Cleveland as for the Knicks. We're coming in. We're fresh. This is a new team. We want to win. But the pressure, I think, is more on Cleveland because they made that addition to Donovan Mitchell. You know, Rev, I, I'm trying to Oh, good. After your analysis, I'm changing my pick. Knicks and six. And the reason I'm doing that is because what's the difference between Just Garland? Serious. What's the difference between Garland and Mitchell versus Mitchell and Conley? I think Mitchell, Mitchell and Conley effort. That's Mitchell obvious. and Conley is better. They're better defensively. No, no, they're not. Mike Conley got no, shit on two years in a row. Mike Conley's a better defender than Darius. No, yeah, but Mitchell, yeah, but Mitchell right no, now is a better not, defender man. when he, you, True, he wasn't Utah but, the last three years. But, That's but, the difference. Mitchell still can't guard Brunson, not even a well, lick. But, but, are we just going to also gloss over the fact and, that Cleveland itself is the number one defense in the association? Like, why no are we doubt, just going to no gloss over that? They're a top defense the same way the Jazz were a top defense. I think. The Cavs defense will translate because of Evan Mobley. But to act like they're going to translate because of Mitchell and Garland, I disagree with. No, it's they're Evan Mobley who holds no, it's this, whole, who holds no, this just think that, that comment when you said that, oh, what's the difference? It didn't make sense because Darius Garland puts in effort. Donovan Mitchell is now back to him being a good defender. Ultimately, nobody can guard Just because nobody can guard one person doesn't mean the defense can't travel. He's our point guard that's going to open up the floor I, I for everybody. That, but you made and, it, and also, and also I want to I I be fair to Brunson because I want to I get something out too. You say I'm holding on to that series where Brunson outplayed Mitchell. Well, that's outside of that series and what I saw from Brunson in the regular season versus Luca, without without Luca, I mean, mm -hmm. that was a big part of me saying Brunson was going to be an All Star when he went to the Knicks. So ultimately, me holding on to those performances were why I was right about Brunson being the player I thought he'd be in New York. So I take that, I value that a lot, and also. Let's not act like this is just a playoff series thing. We can argue since the beginning of the new year, January 1st, Brunson has been a better player than Mitchell. He's averaged 30 points per game since the start of the new year. He's been a top guard. So to, act like, so, so, no, to act like Mitchell and Brunson, like Brunson can't outplay Mitchell is ridiculous. I he can definitely outplay no, Mitchell. No, first of all, first and of all. This, 
for, hold on, I'm sorry, OG. Just yeah, for, go ahead. For, you for, go, you go. I don't know why you do that where you like to cut off the year and make it for where this portion of the year he was better. So that, that's like I think that January for I don't what totality Agendas. of Donovan Mitchell Agendas. is about to make all NBA team, bro. Let's let's Donovan Mitchell here. averaged 26. Like correct? Donovan, he averaged 26, no, correct? And number and number two, number two. You, I say you like to harp on that Jalen Brunson series because you completely don't say anything about what Donovan Mitchell has done in his career, but you love to solely yes, talk about I always that one series. Because it, Jalen, it, was, it, was, it was head to head. Yeah, it was head to head. Jalen Brunson played great, which nobody's disagreeing, but Donovan Mitchell did not want to be there. Utah had extreme chemistry issues. You just, but you love to bring that up. And then when you see Donovan Mitchell coming here into this season, he's definitely more motivated. You see, he's back defensively. Like I don't understand. You you make it seem like we act like J Jalen Brunson isn't good or like he can't outplay him. No, but no, no, what no. history has shown us is no, no, Donovan no, no, no. Mitchell is a all time statistical playoff I've, performer. I've, I've mentioned. Look, I'm a fan of Donovan Mitchell, and I've mentioned before he's an all time real player performer. That's why I wanted him on New York. I That's why I wanted that. him on New York. But ultimately. Of course, I'm going to take their head-to-head -head matchup into consideration mm -hmm. when they're going head-to-head -head again. That's of course, I'm going to do that. Riv, he's making a he's making a fair point for the sole fact of the point he made of his analysis on Jalen Brunson for him translating it over to the Knicks was based off that matchup that he had with Donovan Mitchell, and what he did against Donovan Mitchell. Which Riff, to be fair to you, you're not ignoring. You're understanding that Jalen Brunson did play slightly better than Donovan Mitchell at that series. But then you're kind of giving you're giving Donovan a little bit of an excuse. And that's what the did one I thing. say to give him an excuse? You said that you said that he didn't want to be there. Yeah, that's not a fair. It, but, I, but I never in my analysis, I never said. That's still an excuse. Yeah, but in my, to you. in my analysis, I never said Jalen Brunson wasn't going to show up. Not once. No, I'm never, I, did I never said that. I, know, I never but, said but that. I, but you I, just but gave Donovan also... Mitchell an excuse, which, to be fair, is kind of a reason why you. Because can... that's the only the way thing I... he brings up with Donovan Mitchell. He does not bring up anything else. You cannot sit there. Yes, no, I'm bringing it up because they're, head they're head going head to head again. They're head to head again. It's a head to head, but. What you cannot just base that it's a different one jazz to team to Cavaliers. Yeah, Brunson it's a way just different had, team. had a forty ball on him in a regular no, season game. Donovan Mitchell. Okay, so wait, Donovan he had it in the playoffs too. Donovan, okay, but Donovan Mitchell gave the Celtics forty twice. You does that? Do you, are you gonna are you gonna sit there and yeah. weigh those regular season yeah. games to the playoffs? Yes. Oh, yes. I think Mitchell thing. can give oh. the Celtics forty right. in the playoffs as long as you're yes. consistent. Do your thing. No, He's had fifty point games in the playoffs before. All I'm saying is that. All I'm saying is that Brunson. For one, Brunson versus Mitchell. Mitchell's averaging what 26, 5, and 4, something like that. Brunson's averaging 24 and 6. Let's not act like the gap is crazy. Brunson's averaging player? 20, Brunson is averaging 24 and 6. Mitchell's averaging 26 and something. Wait, the, are you their production this year. Their, I think Mitchell's a better player, but let's not act like let's not act for? like Mitchell is a far significant better performance statistically this season. It's been Nobody very close. That doesn't even make sense. I'm talking you about said the that you said that Mitchell was an All NBA performer, and then use that against Brunson. No, no, because you tried to you tried you're talking about statistics in the regular season. I don't like we're talking about the playoffs right now. And if we talk about playoffs statistically, Donovan Mitchell is clear. All right, Riz, Riz, Now about. this is where you're kind of losing me. With all due respect, Riz, not these past playoffs. Why, why you're better. losing me, what? Joel? Uh, let me help you out real quick. All right, why you're losing me, Riv, is for the fact that you're saying that's the regular season. Are you going to weigh the regular season uh, heavily? We're talking about the playoffs. But then when Joel talks about Jalen Brunson playing better than Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs, then you're saying, hey, you're always referring to that one playoff series. Because Donovan now, Mitchell has – because Donovan I Mitchell get, has I'm with more. you, Riv, but again, I feel like you're you're talking to, to Joel like he's an idiot in this scenario. You're devaluing the playoffs you're, and regular season when it comes Yeah, to you're kind of going back and forth here, and I, I don't know which – like, because, listen, and, and ult ultimately, 
I'm with you. I believe the Cavaliers win this series. So, so, but I feel like just your argument is a little bit all over the place. It's uh, not. He literally just brought up regular season statistics and said it's not a gap. I didn't but bring then up he talked, one time. But, then he ta- but first he talked about the playoffs and how Jalen Brunson got the better of Donovan Mitchell. Yes, and I it, said that's fine. You can, I said that's fine. If you want to talk about the head-to-head, that is fine. That did happen. But we're not going to act like based off what history has shown us that Donovan Mitchell does not clear in the playoffs. Acting like that's not true – that's the, that's the it, that's I never the said for his career. Okay. Mitchell's a better player. I'm with you. And I'm, and I'm not saying he's better. Like the all I, all like I said was like that, that Brunson, again. I Brunson, I believe will match Mitchell's production in this series. I if not, play better than that's him. where that's where I don't agree. Joel, I, I disagree. Joel, I agree. Joel, Joel, I will tell you this. I thought you meant you brought up R.J. Barrett being the most inefficient. It'll be close. It'll be close. Bringing up the uh, him being the, the most inefficient 20 a game. Well, R.J. Barrett is a rhythm scorer. There are a lot of guys who are rhythm scorers. And I don't think Brunson, one of the biggest knocks I have on him, he doesn't pass nearly as much as I'd like for him to pass. And a lot of R.J. Barrett's action, it comes in transition. A lot of a lot of stop and pops, a lot of stuff in transition where he gets layups. But when they get into the half court, you'll have stuff like he won't touch the ball for three or four straight trips, which will throw him off rhythm. And then now you, now you get him now getting the shot after he's at a rhythm, so that I think would I, I think that that would equate to his his inefficiency. I think the thing one of you none of you guys didn't mention, which I thought was 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 interesting. I think the front line is going to be the difference in this series, and the reason why I feel like that is because I look at both Hardenstein, who I still stand on the logic with both Robinson and Hardenstein. I think about the kid from Charlotte, Mark Williams. I think he's better than Robinson today. I think the Knicks made a mistake passing on him. I think he's their starting five man today. I don't think they get anything offensively from those two guys nearly as much as what Cleveland gets from both Jared Allen and Mobley. Add that to the fact that those guys wearing on them defensively, I think that's going to ultimately wear them down during this, throughout the series. And I think that's why the Cavs are going to beat them in six games. OG that's just it. took the words right out of my mouth. The difference in this series, unfortunately, is the front court. Evan Mobley is probably either not the defensive player of the year, number two in defensive player of the year. He's one of the most versatile defenders in this game. And then on top of it, Jared Allen, one of the better rim protectors on top of that as well. Now, I understand getting into the back and forth between Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson, of course. That's going to be the primary offense in this series. But I just look at the Cavaliers and I just see them as a supercharged Knicks. Now, J- Julius Randle is a great basketball player. I'm very optimistic that he will play well in this series. However, the fact that defensively he has to go against Evan Mobley and Jared Allen at times, it's going to be very difficult for him, especially coming off this ankle injury. I think that this is going to be a great series because you can't undersell how great the Knicks have been. Emmanuel Cookley has been phenomenal. I need to give credit to Quentin Grimes because I was critical of his three-point shooting prior to the all-star break uh, mm-hmm. at the all-star break for him to get it to 38 percent that i need to tip my cap to him because that is phenomenal 33 to 80 to 38 that is a big difference especially when you're playing the defense that Quentin grimes plays that definitely did not go unnoticed with me so that's why i believe that this series will be close but the difference is i just feel like the cavaliers are just the knicks just supercharged are the really quick question for you? I'm I, I don't I don't want to interrupt you, but I got a really quick question. Okay. Am I out of line if I if when I watch Grimes, does he look like a more controlled John Starks? I didn't watch John Starks. I'll be honest, because that's what he looks like to me. He looks like a more he looks like a more under controlled 
unemotional John Starks, who's who's That's a better who, who could be a better offensive. But player. we're gonna have to That's see. We're gonna have to see playoff time because obviously yeah. we know what happened with John right. Starks. Right. Time, for me, we're have to for see. me, OG, I I compared Quentin Grimes to Desmond Bain. I think that yeah. he can be that level of player, but mm-hmm. right now he's the fourth option compared to Bain, who's the second option right. in Memphis. You got to gym in quickly, though. I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Uh, go ahead. And oh, also, no, no. Nick, quickly is nice. The Knicks can go yeah, small. Like dog. there's a potential. There's potential where RJ is not in the rotation as much and. We have Grimes and IQ out there to guard Mitchell and and Garland, and I think that's a great matchup. So where's the Brunson? It is. Oh, Carl. Yeah. Oh, you like play three? Oh, okay. I see what you say. Yeah, and typically it's hard because we always talk about how the regular season, postseason is different, but it does feel like that last Cavs Knicks game had a little bit more to it a couple weeks ago when Randall didn't play. Brunson dropped 46, 48 points because we already knew this was going to be the matchup and. I don't want to in Cleveland, by the way. Don't leave that out. In Cleveland, yes. In Cleveland, the the Knicks come out. They dropped forty seven, or excuse me, the Cavs in the first quarter dropped forty seven. The Knicks are almost, you know, neck and neck with them. Dropped forty two. Like the Cavs gave them their biggest punch without Randall, and the Knicks were able to keep up, put up forty two in that first quarter. Took the lead at halftime. Never really looked back. Brunson had a great game. Rounds in play, obviously. Um, I don't want to put too much stock into that because it's a regular season game. But it's important to note the Knicks are up 3-1 in this series. For the most part, it feels like they're pretty comfortable in those three wins as well. Um, and the Knicks have had a great season, right? I don't think any of us, maybe Joel, even Joel's wildest dreams, I don't know if you thought there could be a top four offense, top seven uh, net rating, one of the best rebounding teams, not turn the ball. Like, they do everything very well. There's not a glaring weakness in terms of, like, team statistics for for the Knicks. But this Cavs team in a seven-game series just feels like such a bitch to get through. I mean, we talked about the front court with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. The back court, just the ammunition they have offensively, Garland and Donovan Mitchell. It just feels like these four guys, even though the the depth isn't there, um, and it's kind of funny because Ray was talking so highly about the depth of the Clippers, and now he's kind of overlooking the depth of the Knicks in this series. Um, but the depth that they lack, I think makes up for for those four guys being how young they can be, how great defensively they've been all year, that they could play 35, 36, 38 minutes every night. And I feel like they have the legs to be able to sustain that throughout this playoff series. I think the Knicks, um, one of the bigger issues, obviously Julius Randle coming back from this ankle injury, he already has questions it just generally his playoff performance from that Hawks team that I'm sure John is going to talk about at length because that's his favorite topic on this show. Um, but I do think Jared <laughs> Allen is going to play a big role being able to limit Mitchell Robinson's rebounding, offensive rebounding, which he's been one of the best in the NBA at this season. I think if they take away that part of the game, it's going to hurt the Knicks offense to get second chance points. But there is a world the Knicks are able to win this series. I mean, Jalen Brunson has shown this year he's a star. He's an all-star level player that can carry an offense when needed. And the depth is there. You do have guys like Josh Hart, Quickly, who's a great player. Grimes, Obi Toppin, and Spurts possibly as well. Hardenstein we talked about as well. So there's a world where I could see the Knicks taking this uh, taking this series. I do think it's a six or, game, six or seven game series. But I look at the Cavs and it just feels like they have more firepower. Feels like they're a bit more star power defensively. I trust them more in the 48 minutes. Um, and then, like I said, the rebounding battle. Even though the Knicks have been one of the best rebounding teams in the league this year, I feel like that front court of Mobley and Jared Allen can offset that to at least enough to be able to take away those second chance points. Um, it's going to be a great series. It's really the only good series in the in the East for this first round. Yeah. I got the Cavs. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um. 
Are you are you are you pulling uh I'm picking bro, that team, bro. But I'm yes. that team. No, hold on. Yes. You've done it no, three picking, times already. Three. Yeah, you are. I've, yo, you, Rand, yo, thank you. I'm thinking that I'm like, I'm I got him. Him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But then you're hitting us. You're hitting us with the. There's a world where I can see this team win. Well, well, he didn't. Who's that matchup that we talked about for a while? But no way. No, but my only problem. My only problem is say this is how the Cavs win and not give any world. No idea. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm not, not saying, but, but what I'm not saying is what we used to do is we used to bash Joel for doing that. Correct. And now Correct. you're doing you it. You can't be wrong. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not going to like, listen. I'm not going to like I told you guys. I pick somebody down. Cut the nonsense and pick somebody. <laughs> I'm not saying you. Listen, listen, listen. I think it's very easy. Listen, Daz, I'm going to protect you because these two buffoons are going out for no reason. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to defend Dells for this reason. He gave his prediction. Grizzlies, Warriors, <laughs> and Cavs. That's who he has. All he's doing is giving an analysis. He's giving yes. He's giving. I can he, see where yes, the Kings yes, win. Yes, because That's there is corny. a world where they win. There is yeah. a world where they win. It's the same reason why Drew, and this is your mistake, and this was your mistake too, Dells, when we were previewing the Super Bowl, and I Ooh. gave you why the Chiefs would win. You all picked the Eagles and gave no reason for the Chiefs because you on no, my no, word. No, no, no. You don't stand you on your word. You're, on you're your biased. Still have you're biased towards your word. You're biased. You're biased. That's not true. When you don't give, when you don't give a perspective on the other side, you're being biased. You're not I giving any team another chance. I say, hey, where, where Mahomes biased. is the best no. in the game, I believe that XYZ of the Eagles is why they're going to win. That's what I and said. You were wrong. Not, and you were wrong. Uh, and you, you were wrong because you were biased. And I was right because I was right. And I wasn't biased. Well, you were wait, biased how, because you had an agenda giving, against the Eagles and you have a crush on Patrick Mahomes. How, so what are we wait, doing? How is giving and one also, oh, you do have a Joe. You biased. do have a crush on Pat Mahomes. Let's knock it off. I know. I know. He's not 100%. Okay, so make sure we clear that. Can you believe this? OG, OG, I'm going to give you a super pick this year. Jordan Love, baby. Green Bay Packers quarterback. Well, you know, I, 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 really, really quick, where's before we before we move on any further? He's been sitting behind him for what now? Four years. At yeah, what three, point of it? Three. Okay, three so, years. Right? At what we, we got a we got a, first, we, we got a first round pick. We spent the first round pick on him. What are we doing with this kid? Let's you know, go. OG, he's gonna we, go crazy this year. But Riv, also, I, I want to point out the what Dell said about you that was faulty. That was one hundred percent facts, I and I stand by. I stand by. I stand by. I stand by that. Dell. I mean, that, that oh. answer is, is very easy. It's I trust Kawhi and role players more than Jalen Brunson and role players. I thought it was obvious. I didn't think I had to say it. Respect, but, um, respect Julius Randle also. Come well, on. I but I, but that's, well, that's, well, that's no, they, they well, do. That's they, pretty, I'm not saying that they do. That's faulty. Given that trust, the other side has Kevin Durant, who I, can I, match I, Kawhi. Listen, I I understand what you're saying, but I just trust Kawhi and not. They're not better than the Knicks role player, but I trust Kawhi and role players as opposed to Jalen Brunson and role players. They're worse. They're worse yeah, than the Knicks. Yeah, role but Kawhi's players. better than all of them by Easily. far. But the yeah. Suns are way better than the Clippers as a team. I, I I'm yeah. not disagreeing. I, I did say it was, I did say I did say, I did say it was a wild card pick. You know, I didn't I didn't disagree with that. I mean, you you flipped to Kings twice in no, no, I didn't leave. No, I left no door open. I said, No, I'm not you, and I'm not Mr. Flip aside senior. No, you said this and I'm not, that's why I left no door. OD, you can listen. Why are we called pick aside? If we don't pick no sides, we do pick sides. That's the idea. We got flip sides. That's the idea. OG OG is our both teams then pick a side. Hold on, OG is our guest here. Am I not? Can can we not? This is why this team quit. This is why this team is winning. Pick a side. OG, can we not pick a side while also giving 
some other side's perspectives and, and some credit. That's the idea. Of course, we can. But at the end, Joe, but at the no end, Joe, share? you do have to pick a side. No, nah, no doubt. Oh, we always do. Is the higher up? Can I ask you a question real quick? OG, just a quick question. If me and you are having a, if me and you are having a conversation, right? And I tell you why this team's going to win. And you tell me why the other team is going to win. Can it not be after we kind of talk about how, okay, well, I can see why you think this team is going to win. I can see why you think this team. And it's not looking at as biased because I feel like what Dells is doing is he's talking about a team winning, but he's leaving that slight little door to where if the other team wins, he's like, well, I did say that they could win. So that means I'm not totally wrong. I got, you know, that's why I did not well, appreciate listen, that shit when you said that about the Lakers. I'm, Drew, I'm glad we were I picked every series. Barely. And I just said, obviously, all these series are close. So there's a world of Lakers. Ultimately, it comes down to this. But I'm still making But if you're picking, even if that's true, Dale. versus fucking Bucks. But even if that's true, Dale, at some point, when you pick somebody... This is why I'm picking this and I'm sticking with them. It's not, well, I'm picking them, but, fact. you know, these guys That's could possibly OG, do it. OG. No, I'm sticking with this Thank crew you, right OG. here. I think the New York Knicks could beat the Cavs because of their front line, even though Jalen Brunson is awesome, even though Quigley is, a, is one of the best bench players. Exactly. I think ultimately the front line for the Cleveland Cavaliers is going to be the difference in the series, okay, and I'm picking the Cavs OG, in six, period. OG, but this is this is the question I pose to you. Yes, sir. What is, what is better? Predicting a series correctly or getting the analysis on the series correct? You can't get the analysis correct if you if the team don't win. You can, you can, because you can, like, like that's said, delusion. No, you that's can't. Delusion. That's delusion. You can analysis when an injury pops up. Oh, I mean, you can have, you can have, you can, you can basically say, like, for example, OG, I can be like, okay. The key for this team to win is they have to hit three-point shots, but this is a matchup in this series that can ultimately swing it. And right. and whichever favorite goes, that series swings. Right. So let's say, for example, I picked the Grizzlies in a Lakers series because I believe JJJ will stay out of foul trouble. But right. I did say he is the key to the series. So if Jaron Jackson does get into foul trouble and the Lakers win, then the analysis on the series was correct. Although I picked the Grizzlies, my right. analysis – was correct, and I value that more than my prediction. That's not that's right. what I'm saying. You said no. It's your process over results. Your analysis was exactly. JJJ stayed out of foul results. trouble. This will happen. This will happen. He didn't stay out of foul trouble. You were wrong in your analysis and your pick. What are we doing here? I didn't say he will stay out of foul trouble. I said he has to. Yeah, and if in he order for them to you win, were, you were wrong in your analysis. No, because I, I never. So, so, I don't think you're understanding this, Riv. I really don't. I, because you're, I you're, do. trying to, you're trying to give yourself a window. What he's doing is he's, give, he's, give, he's giving you reasons why he thinks go. He, he's giving you reasons why he yeah. thinks Memphis is going to yeah, win. God he also, forbid. He's also giving you reasons why he thinks the Lakers are going to win. But at no, some no, point, even with me giving you reasons why I think this team can win and why I think this team can win, ultimately, I have to stand on something. This is why That's this team fact. is going to win. Period. This is why this team is going to win. Period. Even though this team does this, I'm sticking with this group right here, and I'm standing on that. Yeah, there's no doubt. Like, like for example, did. like for example, if I say, let's say you said I, I did say that, right? JJ, I believe JJJ will stay out of foul trouble, right? Right. And if he doesn't, no, yes. see, stop right there. And no, if he doesn't, you just said you believe have, hey, he's going to stay out of foul trouble. You, I have to stand finish, on that. But I, that's it, the end yeah, of it. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, uh, I, I stand on that, no doubt. 
But once we see the series actually play out, right. and let's say Jaron Jackson does get into foul trouble, right. then I come back on the show and I'm like, yeah, you know, I was wrong on him staying out of foul trouble, but ultimately I was right on him, his foul trouble being the reason why the, the series swung. And that's where Riv is with the with the door being open. That that's that's where Riv is with but the I, door. But I being value open. I value the process over results, like like um Dell said. Ultimately, you'd like the the process should lead to a right result, but that's right. not that's not always the case, though. I just feel like when you when I'm wrong about something, okay, I was wrong about something because this this is what I said this was gonna be. Only except it wasn't that, and I right, I can go back and now change my theory on why now I think they're gonna win. However, my original theory. This is why I think that they're going to win, and this is what I'm sticking with. Not this is my theory, but you know, on this end, I still think that this could happen. No, you got to stick with something. No, that, perfect that's comment. Happen. Perfect comment by Twisted Arcade. That's not process over results. That's covering your ass. <laughs> I don't uh, think it is. I really don't. There's a reason why if you take a math test in school and you get the entire equation right, but the answer wrong, they still give you credit. Wrong. I don't get credit for getting half of the That's never happened to me. We all had different math teachers. We all had different math teachers. My math teachers gave me credit for getting everything right. My teacher was a dick. She either get it right or you get it wrong. It's just that simple. There's no, I got some of it right. John, John, the two part right, but I got the four wrong. John, what's John? What's your opinion on this? they said What's your what's your opinion on Nixon? The math analogy that was and terrible. What's what's your opinion on this process of results theory we're talking about right now? <laughs> I, I actually talked about the catch uh, next. Somehow this has turned into a thirty-two minute conversation. Process or result? Because <laughs> hey, look, if Steph Curry, let's say, doesn't finish this Kings series, God forbid, right? Knock on wood, doesn't happen. Right. Maybe the Kings win, but if my analysis was correct, then you know, like I'll take being right about something, like the analysis, even if the results not. What I expected because a lot of different variables will pop up. And what was the saying your nephew gave you, uh, OJ? What was the saying that my nephew? We're gave talking you? about changing your opinion. Your, you're allowed to change. Oh, your you allowed your opinion. You're allowed to change your opinion, provided new information. And new information will always pop up in a seven-game playoff series. So. Yeah, like you know, I I agree, John. And listen, I know that you have the Cavs in the series. The 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 question is in how many games. <laughs> Get the cousin six, well, let's move on. Now, now listen, OG, OG, I, I know that we all we all are picking the Cavs or for the most part because we're expecting Julius Randle not to play well. At least that's my hunch. Let's say Julius Randle plays at his level. Do the Knicks not win this series? No, because I think that the, I, even if he does play well, I still think that ultimately that front line wears them down. And I think it's going to come down to that front line wearing them down and Donovan Mitchell still being the best player in this series. I think those two things are going to be the difference. Even if Julius Randle plays well, which I think he is. I don't think I'm going to see the Julius Randle from 2021 who was a stinker yeah. in the first round. No, I think I'm going to see a better version of him, no question about that. But I think that Donovan Mitchell, I think he's going to be a lot better, and I think that that front line ultimately wears them down. And yeah. the fact that you don't get any production, or not any production, the fact that you don't get equal production offensively from the Nick front line as you do from that Cavs front line, I think that's going to be the difference in the series. That's why I got the Cavs in six. Okay. That's John, you have no analysis on the game? Like, you just... He already gave it. I didn't even... What did you say? Julius Randle stinks. Really young, it, he gave, I would say he gave his analysis two months ago. Damn. Yeah. Right, now, listen, Um, Mojo has a promo for the Knicks and Cavs series. For game one, Jalen Brunson to score 15 points 
during game one. Now, yeah, his, his line was originally at 28 and a half. So mm-hmm. 15 points is literally a seal. It's free money. You can put in a max bet of $20. You can download Mojo on the App Store, Google Play. You can download it everywhere, but only use it in New Jersey. They're That's working on, on Yeah, it sucks. They're, they're getting it in different states soon. Mm-hmm. I, I love using Mojo, but 15-plus points, Jalen Brunson, this is an absolute steal. I mean, it's, it's literally free money. Sure. It's literally free money. Now, we're going to briefly touch on these next two topics, and these are going to be sponsored by Mojo as well. And then uh, we'll end off the show. So mm-hmm. top five players list in each conference. We'll start with the Western Conference. According to Mojo, the top five players and, and their share price is based off of career value. Number one is LeBron. Number two is KD. Number three is Jokic. Number four is Steph. And number five is Chris Paul because of the career yeah. he's had. But yeah, next one up would be Devin Booker and Anthony Davis at five. Wow. Where's Kawhi? It's, be- it's between no those He's not in the playoffs. That's why. Okay, that's yeah. all. Yeah. We're talking about playoffs. So do you, uh, where's Kawhi? Do you, do you have your own personal five? Yeah. Listen, my personal five, my five. Let's do it. Number one to me is Kevin Durant. Okay. I think okay. he's the best player in the Western Conference. He's literally the only player I see out of all these top players that has no weakness in his game. Really, mm. and he's no weakness. Hot Number day. two LeBron. is Nikola uh, Jokic. Mm-hmm. Number three is LeBron. Number four is Steph. And number five, I have Anthony Davis. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go after you. Um, I got number one. I got the Joker out of respect for what he's been doing. Um, number two, I got Stephen Curry, another player who doesn't have a weakness in his game. Respect my boy. Defense. Yeah, that's not a weakness. He's good at it. Number three, I got Kevin Durant, of course. Um, what are we doing? Number four, I have LeBron James. He's coming right in. And then num- whoa, that was <laughs> um, and then number five, I got Anthony. Davis, that's my five. Of those, of those, of those five, I'm picking those those same three guys. Only except I'm putting them at the top of the list because Kevin, because uh, LeBron James and Steph Curry and Anthony Davis are the only three guys in this group that have championships. Those are the only three guys. So those guys in the playoffs today have to be in the top five. That's number he one. He just said Kevin Durant's rings mean absolutely yeah. not a thing no, to me. No, and that's number why I stamp you, OG. <laughs> Amen to yeah. that. No, he no, just no, no, he went crazy. Amen. No, no, I'm with no, you. Number, number four, I would say Kevin Durant. And then number five, I would have to go with Kawhi Leonard. Well, how do you that feel is, about that, uh, Joel, Mr. Kevin Durant lover? Listen, there I think Kevin Durant deserves his respect. He was two-time finals MVP. I understand. He, he was went, two-time finals MVP. I, I understand. I'm not going to leave that out. I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm thinking about recently. I'm not thinking about, thinking about when he was with good teams and not the, the super team. I get. Well, it. no, no, not the. I'm, I'm not discounting it, but I'm thinking about you just could. recently. I'm, I'm, you I, could. I don't. I don't want to dis. I don't want to discount what Kevin Durant did because he okay, wasn't just could. on the bus. He wasn't just on the bus. He did yeah. win the finals MVP. Nah, but, he was sitting you know, in the just know, you, We yeah. wouldn't look he at was... you any different if you decided to do so. Oh, Jesus, smart man. I, I, I just want to make sure that we clear. You know, trying to save I face. I know. Those guys. So who's your five, Drew? So number one, of course, LeBron James. It's playoff time. It's a different conversation. We're talking about the best player in basketball come these moments, LeBron James. Number two, Stephen Curry. Of course, mm-hmm. he gets that title right underneath LeBron James. Number three, I have Kevin Durant. You mentioned it, no weakness to his game. He's been phenomenal. We just need to ensure, God willing, he stays healthy. The Suns will be a dominant team, no doubt. Number four, I have Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP. If if maybe conversation and maybe the Nuggets, you know, lack of dominant play the last month of basketball, probably looking at a back-to-back-to-back MVP, but that will not be the case. I have Nikola Jokic at four. And I was torn between five and six, to be honest with you. I know we're only five, but I have to give my honorable mention between Kawhi and Anthony Davis, because understanding Kawhi has the responsibilities of a one, but the way that Anthony Davis has been consistently great, 
It's tough. I have to be biased in this one scenario, though. I'm going Anthony Davis. You didn't have to, but you did. No, I did. Yeah. I did. You were going to. Yeah. So you did. So we all have Kawhi Leonard over um, Anthony Davis right now? Yeah. I have AD over Kawhi. I, 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 I was going to say. I, heard I, all, I, heard, I thought I heard the rest I mean, of you guys. I mean, Anthony Davis over Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah, yeah. Kawhi at five. I have KD, Curry, Jokic, LeBron, Kawhi. I got Kawhi over Respectable five. I ain't mad. You don't have stuff? I just want to make sure I had James, Curry, Anthony Davis. Step was two. Kevin, Kevin oh, Durant. Oh. Kevin Durant. AD. Yeah, that's why. I, I think yeah. AD at five or like, AD and Kawhi at five or six is valid. Yeah. Okay. And John, who's your top five? Steph is number one. Uh, the finals performance he had last year versus Celtics was unbelievable. I have Jokic number two until he went to championship because there's more concerns with him. At number three, I do have Kevin Durant. Uh, he may be more a complete player than Steph, but that finals performance, that finals run last year, him doing it on his own again. I mean, Steph is the best player in the conference. Hence the term again. You guys really are disgustingly disrespectful. At number four, I have Luka Doncic. And then at number five, he's not even playing the playoffs. Okay, but he is the top five player in the conference. John, what the hell? He meant in the conference and the playoffs. John, you're giving casual. You're giving casual. All right? Lock the fuck in. We're talking about the playoffs. We're in the conference. Playoffs. Playoffs. I know. I'm just saying. If it worked, you're right. Look at the lower third. It's conference. In the playoffs, number four. You made that. Kawhi. You made a mistake. And number five, I'd have LeBron James. Well, you didn't tell me that before the show. LeBron, <laughs> I would have below Kawhi, more, more so because it's just like a toss-up between the two. And I think Kawhi is a slightly better two-way player in the stage of his career. And then Anthony Davis would be an honorable. Drew, why do you think it's disrespectful to have a dude who just won a chip and average 30 in a final? No, I'm not won. disrespecting. I'm not disrespecting Stephen Curry. I have a number two on mine. No, but I'm saying when, he, when John said Steph had won, you got mad. No, I wasn't mad. I was mad at Jokic and then Luka Doncic. Well, oh, the reason why, Drew, is because LeBron's a walking playing team, and Nikola Jokic <laughs> every year in the plus actually leads his team to a top three seed, and a floor raiser matters more than a ceiling raiser if you can't get to your you ceiling. See, every year there's no opponent. way you're, you're talking about Jokic when it comes to LeBron in the playoffs. I think. What do you mean? Because LeBron is – he's a playoff he's guy. He's the greatest playoff performer ever. We, this uh, year, 2016, it's 2023, and right now, how about 2020? How about 2020? Jokic is a better about that? and he's a better offensive what the hell player. Up, John, can we move on now? I now yeah. this is wrong fans. What you're doing, you're just riding yeah. his coattails when Jokic is the better player right now. Now, this is <laughs> now this is now Eastern Conference, according to Mojo. Top five players in Eastern Conference playoffs, according to Mojo. Number one is Giannis, think that's pretty easy. This is based off career value, so number two is James Harden. And him being at two shows just how much he needs a championship yep. to solidify his resume. Number three is Tatum. Number four is Embiid. And number five is Donovan Mitchell. Mm. Okay, so I'll, you got Joel goes same. My, my, my personal top five is one Giannis, two Embiid, three Tatum, four Mitchell, five. It was a toss up between Brown and Harden. And I think I'm going to go Jalen Brown right now. No young? I, I don't think Trey Young is better than either of these um, guys. Right now, Jalen Brown and and Trey Young. I think Jalen Brown's better than Trey Young right now. I think um, for me, I, I did my wrong. I did my West wrong. I should do my West like my East. Um, Giannis at one, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid at two, Tatum at three. I'm gonna go D Mitch at four, and then yeah. I'll go James Harden at five. I think. Yeah, that, yeah I'm gonna I go feel with like 
I feel like that's the list. I have Trey Young honorable mention. I feel like he needs that acknowledgement, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Jalen Brown. I've loved to see his his acknowledgement and his respect amongst the best players in the league. Of course, being a Jalen Brown supporter, that's phenomenal. But I feel like the five has to be Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and James Harden. James Harden has been phenomenal this season, and he really has not been talked about as much because he's playing on the team with the MVP, leading the league in assists. Again, like I mentioned earlier in the show, his second most efficient season at the three-point line, shooting 38%. And he's shooting – He's making. he has 21 points per game, but it's on significantly less shot attempts than we're, we're accustomed to seeing from James Harden. He's been unbelievable this year, and it's been under the radar. And I'm just cool to be that. fair, I only have Jalen Brown over Harden because I do trust Jalen Brown in the playoffs a little bit more. That's right. That hurts for you. I know. He's super I, consistent. I, I think it's interesting that a dude who has his team in the Eastern Conference Championship twice in the last three years and had his team in the NBA Finals is not on this list, and that's Jimmy Butler. I thought that was interesting, but that's another guy. He might not make it. Who's your five? OG, who's your five, OG? I'm the, who, who, the same five that you just said. I'm cool with that. Okay. Yeah. All OG, right. I'm cool, OG, I'm cool with that. Jimmy Butler right might there. not get in, brother man. Respect right. He that. might not. He might not, but he also might get I, I don't. I don't think they're beating the Bulls tonight, yet. Yeah, and it's going to be tough. Dells, you got the same list? Um, I was going to troll and say Tatum won, but no, I have, I have the same <laughs> I have the same top three. Uh, Giannis and Bede Mitchell – excuse me, Giannis and Bede Tatum, Mitchell four or five. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, Harden, Trey. Oh, it's really want to talk. Obviously, you know who I'm taking. I'm taking yeah. the real JB, but uh, I'm up for a debate there. And, John, who's your top five? It would also be Giannis and Bede, Tatum, Donovan Mitchell – Actually, no. Scratch that. Jimmy Butler and then Donovan, number five. He's not getting in. John, we have so to serious. see. Jeez. Now, listen, we're going to end off the show on this. And this just very quick, brief, one minute. Wait, are we not going to do the top five players with most pressure? If you let him go. Oh, I, no, was- I, want, I want to do this. I, I feel like the pressure thing is kind of like, Watch I don't that. know, too similar. We could do it. But I more so had this in mind because I like revisiting NBA history because okay. things things happen so sporadically. And we never know what's going to happen. So this is a new segment on the podcast, revisiting top picks from previous draft. Today, we're going to take a deeper look into the 2014 draft, the second overall pick in Jabari Parker. Mm. Okay. That's a now coming out, right there. coming out of the draft, him and Wiggins were, were, were grouped in, versing each other, and you were picking a side. Wiggins or Jabari, who's going to be better? I don't know about you, but I thought Jabari was going to be a great player in the NBA. What were your thoughts on Jabari, OG? <laughs> He's he was uh he, he kind of reminded me of Antoine Walker, kind of like what this kid down in Orlando is, just a better athlete, only except he just couldn't hold up. He had a really good mid-range game. He could get to the basket with anybody, could shoot the long ball, was one of the better rebounding rookies. And I really thought that I didn't see any history. I didn't see any history of injury. So there was no reason for me to be critical of that because he didn't have anything like that. I was looking at this kid, especially considering he was the best player in the country at that point. I thought that he had the potential to be a really good franchise player. I mean, there's a reason why they drafted him because they weren't really sure Giannis. I agree. And Jabari Parker was supposed to be the face of the franchise for the Bucks. And it ended up being Giannis, the 15th overall pick. And then the, the sidekick to him wasn't even Jabari. It was Chris Middleton, a second-round pick that they yeah. traded um, from Detroit, that Detroit traded um, to Milwaukee. So mm-hmm. Jabari Parker, I didn't see an injury, a, a, a history of injury, but people forget that I think in his third season, he was averaging 20 points per game and mm-hmm. having a, a very good season until he unfortunately tore his ACL. I think yeah. for me personally, like, 
you know how these young kids they fascinate over Boncaro, his inside outside game with that was Jabari. That's who he was for Boncaro. Like yeah. he was the, the perfect tweener. Like we had Melo way back when Jabari came in, he was that tweener that can go inside and out, can post you up, can take you out onto the wing, can get you to the basket. The defense was in question, but in terms of just offensive repertoire. It was a reason people had him better than Andrew Wiggins. He was a guy that can give you damn near everything on the offensive end. He had mm -hmm. the skills to play big or to play the wing. I mean, I just – it sucks that the injuries was damaging because the Bucks could have been really something, but they still ended up something anyways. But Jabari was a dog. It's it's interesting you say that because OG and Riv, you both said about there, was, there really wasn't much of uh, anything on Jabari Parker being an injury-prone type player. Right. The reason why Joel Embiid dropped to three for – for the latter part of that that 2014 uh, NCAA season, Joel Embiid was projected to go number one. His hype really got that high, and yeah. then the concerns about his injury, his lower half, really drove his stock his stock down to number three. But mm -hmm. then, ironically enough, it ended up being that Jabari was the one to to struggle with the injuries, and it's just crazy how. And you know, now that we have hindsight and it's so crystal clear, how the two careers are just totally opposite. Yeah. I'm gonna add him back in two guys. That draft was was interesting because Embiid was Barry. the third pick. Julius Randle was the seventh or sixth pick, I believe. One of those. Jokic was actually Seven. in that draft. Really? That was the yeah, one. Jokic was drafted in that player. draft. Yeah. Yo, Rave, you know who else was in that draft? Oh, our boy. He was a lottery pick, right? He was right outside hey, the to Minnesota. Marcus Smart, uh, too. thirteen. He was in it. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you guys want to do the pressure topic or not. Um, I'd love to just give my five. Honestly, I just, you can give your five. Go, yeah, we don't have to go too crazy. Have fun, so, I will. Thank you. Number five, I have Julius Randle. I feel like understanding all the the trash that's talked on his name. Uh, key case in point, John Tortorelli, with the way that he constantly <laughs> just says it's Julius Randle. It's the playoffs. Do we remember what happened against Atlanta? How? Excuse me. How can you take the Knicks seriously? That's because Julius Randle and, and the pressure that's on him now, he has, especially with how great he has looked this season, I don't think anyone expected him after last season to be an all-NBA performer. He has done that again, and I believe that now it, it's extra heightened for him to play at a high level. Number four, I have Anthony Davis. And I have Anthony Davis on this list because people continuously call him a Disney. They call him street clothes. Day to day. Day-to-day. Day-to-day day Davis. Day. I love that one. Day keep it day. going. Do you love that one? How about way off P? Oh, that was All right. Hurt. So, yeah, I, keep it quiet. So, yeah. there's there's, that would hurt. there's allegations that. on Anthony Davis's name and just how amazing he has played this season. He has pressure on him to continue to play at that level, especially the way that I talk about him and the way that I talk about the Lakers. There is pressure on him to deliver at that next level, absolutely no doubt. Number three. I have Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, after last year and, and the quote-unquote collapse in the finals, he he understands that, yes, I am. I want to solidify, my, solidify myself as one of the best players in the league. Nevertheless, I still feel like there's two more players that are, have a little bit more pressure on him, and that's who the guys that are going to finish number one and two in MVP voting. Number two, I have Nikola Jokic. The reason why he's not number one is because Joel Embiid has run his mouth a little bit too much. Joel Embiid could have just kept playing his game. But you know what? To be fair to him, I don't know if him being quiet would have allowed him to get himself as strong to the MVP as he is. He's going to win the MVP. And I feel like him talking about it has given himself that extra nudge on top of his amazing, amazing performance on the court. Let's just not say this is all narrative-based. He was absolutely phenomenal 
this season, no doubt about it, defensively as well. But he has more pressure on him than Jokic because Jokic just stays quiet. He plays his game. But nevertheless, there's pressure on Jokic because he's a two-time MVP. He has done nothing in the playoffs. And by nothing, he has made it to a WCF. But since being an MVP, you could say his team's been injured. But now there's no excuses. The Nuggets are legit. You have Jamal Murray, MPJ, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown. This is a solid unit. And, of course, you have Jokic, who is leading one of the best offenses in the game. There's pressure on you to win, but there's no more pressure than the guy that is. Drew, I got to be honest with you, Drew. I'm really hoping that Denver goes far because I don't want to have that conversation if they don't. And and that's exactly why. I don't. What about John? You ready for that? I do not want to have that conversation. So you have him beat at one. I have him beat at one. I feel like he has the most pressure on him. He's never made an ECF. I feel like now with James Harden, and this is the best we've seen James – he does, but I feel like these other guys have a little bit more pressure than. Harden has more pressure. You know what? Than I, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not so gonna. Too. I'm not gonna lie to you, Drew. Okay. You know, I, I see was, that logic. I was gonna. I was gonna let you just give your list and then end off the show, but I couldn't let you do it. It's just so. I my list is just very different from yours. It is okay because my top five players with the most pressure in the playoffs. Number five, I think, is John Morant. I think John Morant was all season running his mouth about that about the Grizzlies running the West. Yeah. Facts. It, it kind of people kind of overlook that now because of the trouble he got into and you know sitting out some games. But he said that they run the West, so there's a lot of pressure on the Grizzlies who could be a first round exit, and there's a lot of pressure in itself to just beat the Lakers, LeBron and AD in the first round. Number four to me is Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a top five point guard of all time. He needs a championship to solidify his his, his legacy. I think he does. And now playing with Kevin Durant. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, coached by Monty Williams. This is the best chance he's ever had in his career outside of 2018 and 2021 when he made the finals and then played poorly down the stretch in that series. This is Chris Paul's chance to solidify his legacy. Number three is James Harden. The only thing missing from James Harden's legacy is a championship. And that's why three and two to me are are both Embiid at two and three Harden. They both need to prove a lot in the playoffs. James Harden more so because Embiid, I feel like I'm confident I know what he's going to do. James Harden is the wild card where when things get tighter, we want to see him perform at a big-time level. And number one is Jokic. I I think the Nuggets, Jokic, they're under the most pressure. They're the first seed this year. They're finally healthy with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. They have to make the finals this year. I don't think they will because of the Suns, but the Nuggets, if they don't make it to the finals, there's going to be a lot of backlash. I like you, Lester. You don't think Ja got you, you think Ja got more pressure than Jason Tatum? Hell yeah. You know why, yeah. Riff? The reason why is because he popped all of that, you know what, about I, I, I don't have any worries in the West. For them to get bounced in round one by an old LeBron James, oh my God. Do you, you want to have that conversation? Play. So you think he gets he's gonna get real flat for losing to LeBron? Oh, he's gonna get roasted for nah, that. I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, I mean you can't talk to him. Let, let, let's talk just to let's just take let's just take Lakers Memphis off the table. Right. A seven beating a two, that's an upset. I agree. I agree. I that, agree. Not only is that an upset, a seven, a, seven. A, 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 a seven beating a two, that's an upset. Mm-hmm. But a two that was popping a lot of noise throughout yeah, the yeah. season, saying that's that they're this and they're that, and to get bounced by a seven, oh, my goodness, he's going to have to send I think that that's a good pick, though. The John Morant is definitely under pressure with I get what you mean. I, 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 see I think Tatum will at least make the conference finals. I think the Celtics, they're a lock to make this conference finals. But are we not getting to the point that the Celtics are championship or bust? And especially Definitely. after the performance yeah, yeah. that he put and, forth and last season, like there's dog, pressure dude. on him. 
Yeah. Exactly. Tatum's nothing at, changes. He, if, Tatum, the if they don't make NBA. the finals, they don't win the finals, nothing changes with Boston. If Embiid struggles, shit could get blown up. If Jokic struggles, they can move some pieces. Like, if Randall struggles, guys can get traded. Just Boston with Tatum, he's under pressure, but the team isn't going to change. They're not moving it. No, they're not. Nothing's happening with the Nothing's happening to him. It's just giving what he said. Now, yeah, I guess the shit Oh, 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 Rev. If the Memphis Grizzlies lose in round one, there's no way that they running it back. But OG, no OG if they lose in round one, it won't be because of Ja. It's going to no, be because of Jared Jackson. Be. No, I mean, Ja I, for his career average is twenty eight points and to be fair, assists in the playoffs. Yeah, I, right. I understand. Right. I understand your point. Like sure. he was talking shit. He said, "I'm fine." So I can. Right. Under, I understand what y'all saying. Like it's just, damn. Yeah, no, he did it to himself. Right. I, I think did. Tatum. You made Tatum, valley points. Yeah. Very good ones. Tatum yeah. already has a finals appearance, multiple conference finals appearance. I think he's fine. He has some leeway because he but has a type of that, success. That leeway sure. Are we getting? Are we getting to the point where we need Tatum to have this championship? Not not yet. We're putting him in the conversation. Tatum. With Tatum. Luka. Tatum's like twenty four. I'm, yeah, with, bro, I'm, with, I'm, I'm with Drew on this. I, I mean, just need that, bro. You guys look some at all point, the guys Joe, I, chips. Like, Jordan was old. LeBron was old. Curry they was like, all the guys who this, I'm not, like 28, 27. I'm not disagreeing with you, if but Tatum tell me was that in there wasn't prime. pressure on LeBron to Dells, win. Dells, the difference between that. We don't look at Tatum like LeBron. The difference between – But people talk – I disagree. Tatum walked in. The difference between Tatum and those guys is Tatum walked into a team that was ready to compete from day one. They've been ready to compete since he walked into the league. Jordan didn't come into that – um, Magic did, but all them 80s LeBron guys did. did. But Jordan still, did, LeBron did it. Yeah, like, it was different. I mean, to, to be fair, though. That. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. To, to be fair, like, nobody put pressure on LeBron to win a ring at 24 years old. Nah. It was when he teamed up with Miami, and it's like, okay, now you really got to win. Uh, and the Celtics are homegrown. They're going to be like this for the next couple of years. When Tatum reaches 27, 28, his prime, you need to. Embiid, Jokic, they're in their prime. Chris Paul, yeah. James Harden, they're past it, but at least James Harden is still playing at a similar level. Not quite his prime, but, you know, the, the, the it, a couple sets below, but he's I, still I, great. I, the leash I, is getting short, though. Yeah. It's getting short. Riv is speaking because especially with the way that you guys have started to overanalyze his regular season games, the way that people talk about his finals performances where, albeit it was not great, the way that people now bring that into the discussion when discussing Jason Tatum and how he stacks up against the other really great players in the association. People yeah. want to have conversations the way that Joel has him about Tatum being better than Luca, being mm -hmm. on the level of the, the top five mm -hmm. in the in the association. There's pressure that's associated there. with that. Yeah, sure. Exactly, which is why I feel like he where Joel, I feel where you're coming from. I but he has a great I, resume. I think but I he think needs using the championship. I think using Luca is a poor example because Luca's not been to the finals yet. He went to a WCF with a team that stacks nowhere near. Well, two, nowhere two, two, near. Two things really Davis. quickly, Drew. After the 2007 NBA Finals, that was the now. That was the rap on James. Okay, this guy is coming. So it was. It was no way that we were thinking. Okay, that was just an aberration. No, it, that was the that was the knock. That was the logic with James. That yo, we're gonna see this guy. He's the next one. I think the idea with Jason Tatum, I equated to a. I equated to, to basically raising a debt. Like all right, yo. At some point, you're gonna have to start repaying on this because we keep seeing, we keep seeing this, we keep seeing this. At some point, all right, when are we gonna get here? All right, when are you gonna pay this money back? Okay, you've been you've been borrowing this, you've been borrowing <laughs> this, and you're on borrowed time now. So now we're getting to a point where I think we're in year six. If yeah. they don't get there this year, I think that I think the level, I think the, yeah. the volume is gonna get turned. And I'm a big Jason Tatum guy, but I think the volume is gonna get turned up on him even yeah. louder. That's a fair point. Now, four super chats, then we're gone. Mm -hmm. Jack. 
OG banging on about RJ and his struggles. However, you guys are all wrong. It will be in your words in two weeks' time. Knicks and six. RJ sucks. Did you hear what I said about RJ? Yeah, I don't think he heard you. Yeah, did you hear what I said about RJ? I'm a big RJ fan. You don't have to defend yourself, OG. Q Boogavelli. Spider is 28 points per game and almost an all-time playoff player. We'll see about the all. We'll see about the all-time playoff performer. Mm-hmm. We have to like that's a strong statement. Now this is from Paul Murray. Shout out to Dell's internet during today's show. <laughs> oh, dude, that needs a round of applause. That yeah, needs a round man. of applause. <laughs> and now broken hey, elevator boys. pitch. Sorry guys, but I watched the show for the analysis, not just the picks. Everyone on this show is wrong about a pick every show. God, no doubt about that. No doubt. No doubt about. We all are. I don't get everything right, but I do pick something though. There's a difference. Yeah, that is true. John, did you want to get a word in? I do got to apologize to Drew. I came at you hard there on the LeBron topic. Oh, that's all right, bud. No, Listen, don't let him talk- off the hook. I know, we're, I, I know we're adults here, and I know that yeah. I, I know that we're yeah. adults here, and I know that we could be civil. But when you say something wow, no, do not let him off the hook. Don't. No, hey, there's nothing to be off the hook about me when it comes to LeBron James. Look what he's wearing. I mean, that guy's the best lawyer there ever was. Let's just be honest. Let's now, just be honest. Now, NPC Santos, him. I'm going to start recording playback. I'm not sure if we'll be live on playback tonight, but we'll definitely be going live throughout the NBA playoffs and watching the games okay. with you guys. You guys can join us on playback. Link is I'm in the bio. Tomorrow. If you guys are yeah. with it tomorrow, I'm down. We could. Tomorrow right. I can't. I have a yard sale. I, well, you know what? Go, Either which way. Tomorrow's already got my birthday thing she doing. I don't well, know. What she not doing Happy birthday, Riff. Happy birthday, Riff. But that's going to do it for episode 272 of the Pixide Podcast. I want to thank OG for being on the show. It's always a pleasure when you're on. OG, before you go, is there anything you want to shout out? Hey, man. Shout out to the playoffs. I'm, I've, we've been waiting Max. all year for this. Shout Max. out to the playoffs. Let's do it. So James Harden ring season. It's always a pleasure, man. Like I told y'all, it's like it's like when the fellas called me and say we're going to the boys' club. I'll be there. Let me know yeah. what time. So it's always I appreciate a pleasure. you, fellas. As always, you know where to find me at. Take it light, guys. But take Thank you, OG. Yes, <laughs> you guys can follow us on Twitter at Pickaside Pod, on Instagram and TikTok at Pickaside Podcast. Thank you guys for watching. Please help and support our sponsors, and we'll see you next time. Back here. Hey there, I'm Brandon Gelly from the Always Cheating Podcast, co-hosted with my friend Josh Landon. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What is Blue Wire? Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and their business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. And it's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which will in turn help this show continue to grow. So if you'd like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, visit WeFunder.com slash BlueWire.